2: Well, hello there, and welcome to The Confused Breakfast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? It's hard to beat the ease of the modern era in streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch. But there was something truly special about heading to Blockbuster, picking out a movie by hand, grabbing some Twinkies, and heading home to watch it. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me as always, two dudes who know what a TV dinner feels like: Sean Pryor and AJ Venz. How the heck are you? Boy,
0: do I welcome to the party, pal! <laughs> Bachelor life, am I right? Batching it up. Yeah,
1: I had lost my contact in my eye somewhere while, your during eyeball. your monologue, and I was really concerned I wasn't going to find it in time, but I did. And it's now, great feeling, isn't it? Now I know what Bruce Willis's feet felt like in this Did, movie. It,
0: did it really just like, does it go back in behind <laughs> oh, yeah. your eyeball? It's oh, like yeah. one
1: of these things where it's like it slides over and it's just like sitting right over here.
0: <laughs> God damn it.
1: It's, yeah, yeah, it sucks. I kind of like it. Sometimes it'll fold over on itself.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, it sucks.
0: Fucking
1: disgusting. TV dinners.
2: Well, boys. Hunger man. On today's episode, we discuss the number 118 rated movie on IMDb, nominated for four Oscars and set in stone as 100% a Christmas movie by our smart, beautiful Patreon members last year in a vote. The first and subsequently highest ranked of the five total movies in this franchise. We're, of course, talking about 1988's Die Hard. Yeah!
1: Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey
0: to the past with the confused breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. (laughs)
2: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by America's number one meal kit, Every Plate. We're going to talk more about that later. And like we did mention there that this was put to a vote. All the all the cool kids in the world have a debate about Die Hard. We even did that last year. Yeah. Some of us were like, no, it's not a Christmas movie. Some were, yes. So we put it to a vote. Mm. 73% of the smartest people in the world, the members of our Patreon, patreon.com slash confused breakfast, voted and said, yes. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So that is canon around here. Yep. And that's the last we're going to talk about it at this point. That's it, the
0: last we can argue about it.
2: It is a Christmas movie. Right. And the beauty of that is. Now we're doing it. Now we're reviewing this movie, whether it's whether you care or not. This movie's finally in the podcast. Yes,
1: it was either going to be a Christmas movie to re- be reviewed re- at Christmas, or it's going to be not a Christmas movie and reviewed in July. Yeah. Yeah. July yeah. when yeah. it the came out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you are new to the podcast, thanks for being here. We're going to review Die Hard scene by scene with a modern eye. But what we like to do first is we talk about it nostalgically. What our first thoughts were as children. What our nostalgic rating is. Was Sean? Let's start with you, man. What do you gotta say about this?
0: Um, I believe I first started watching this regularly on Christmas. I um, I went to my stepmom's sister's house in Illinois for Christmas to see my dad, and uh, we would open presents there. And the kids, uh, my brother and I, and like my, my step cousin, would just play video games down in the basement. We'd play Halo on the original Xbox. And have a good time, and then Die Hard would just be on TV, and so we would watch it. And uh, I like even back then, I remember just being like, "This is fucking awesome" because I was like all into Arnold movies and action and everything. I have to say that I really liked it. I'm going to give it a seven point eight. Seven point eight, nostalgically for Sean
1: AJ. What about you, man? So like the first twenty five minutes of this movie, never saw it. I didn't know how he. I didn't know how he found himself in this conundrum. He was there. I was like, "Well, why doesn't he just walk out?" <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you could just leave. I don't even know why you stick it around. I had no idea. So what I did care about though was there was a video game of Die Hard. Oh, it was a stand-up that. video game, and I like I don't even know if you, I don't I don't think I ever saw it for like a video game system. But I remember playing it at like random arcades or maybe the, it was just arcade. They, it it might have yeah. been it was, or just a video game at the laundromat, you know. <laughs> Like, which oh, a lot of us went to as we, children well we did because we there was video games at the laundromat <laughs> we didn't go there to do laundry we just went there and we rode our bikes and we got 3d doritos
0: hey quarters is quarters man. we got full throttle
1: <laughs> energy drinks and then we got or you know and then we played friggin' die hard stand-up video game at the laundromat that's what i remember about this And I but I do really remember being kind of enthralled with a lot of the action scenes. I do remember I don't remember a lot of the Christmas aesthetic to it. Yep. We also had the Family Matters guy in there. So I was like, hey, cool. That's that's dope. (laughs) He's lovely. Um, Dope. This guys, this was super fun to me.
2: And all those thoughts bring it to a nice solid eight. nice Nice, solid eight for me i i definitely i mean you think about the movie cover of this like that drew me in right away very iconic bruce willis's face there the buildings blowing up i remember always seeing it at blockbuster but being a young kid i couldn't watch it until i think my cousin's parents bought it on vhs watched it loved it action didn't really feel like an r-rated movie to me it was like oh yeah well people die who cares Mm -hmm. you know like there's no boot. Well, there's a couple of boobies, I guess. But, nice. yeah. but I was like, I don't know what those are. I don't like those. Not on TBS. Uh, too, wasn't <laughs> no. There wasn't. <laughs> no. Uh, so I definitely liked it as a young kid. However, as I continued to get older, this dialogue of the Christmas thing popped in, which honestly kept me from watching it. Yeah. It was this weird thing where I maybe haven't seen this in fifteen to twenty years, on perfectly on purpose because I'm like, screw that. I'm not doing it um so so nostalgically like i'm gonna give it a 6.4 i think it was it was okay but it was never so important to me you didn't want to watch it because it yes
0: christmas no because
2: everybody's like it's a christmas movie oh i was like no it's not screw you and so you didn't want to like i didn't want to
0: watch it on christmas is that what you're saying yes correct
2: which then i'm like yeah i'm just not gonna watch it yeah Uh, We do have an executive producer on the show today. We got Starling. He says, I was introduced to John McClane in 2007 through a less common route. I started with Die Hard 4 in the theater (laughs) where Bruce Willis was definitely the star, but Jeepers Creepers Justin Long in the middle of his solid mid-aughts run was part of the appeal. I haven't seen it since, so Die Hard 4 is a bit hazy, except for the iconic, though equally implausible, and undeniably badass car flipping in the tunnel scene. I knew the gist of Die Hard 1 and that it took place in some building in L.A. Maybe the building explodes, but somehow I had never seen this one. Maybe because I grew up in the Schwarzenegger household. Oh. Die Hard 0, True Lies 14. But <laughs> about five years ago, I heard two guys argue whether Die Hard was, in fact, a Christmas movie. I didn't see how that was possible. Taking, near, taking place near Christmas does not make it a holiday movie. That goes for you, too, Iron Man 3. I had to watch this movie to find out why it was not in my holiday rotation, and it didn't really stick with me. I must have gotten bored, zoned out. I just remembered that Carl Winslow was in it. And I didn't understand the dynamic between John McClane and his wife. Honestly, I barely remembered Hans Gruber, though I did not forget his coiffed hair. Hey, it was an (laughs) 80s action flick. I figured maybe people like this. uh, I figured maybe people like this due to the lower bars set in those days. But it's always nice to see Bruce. This was a five for me. I had no intention to intentionally watch it again. Uh, So. nostalgically 6.8 not great guys you know it's uh it's gonna fall right in the old uh being
0: 6.8 ain't so great ain't so
2: great <laughs> 6.8 <laughs> is gonna tie in the 74th spot with texas chainsaw massacre Right above Karate Kid is how we feel nostalgically okay. about it. Makes okay. perfect sense. That's the best part about this. We strip it away, we move on to a modern eye. So, first, we got to learn the important details mm. of the movie. Sean, what do you got, man? All right. Produced by Lawrence Gordon and Joel
0: Silver. Yeah, he's here. hmm. <laughs> Get it cleaned out. <laughs> Sorry, screenplay. I got s- snot <laughs> screenplay by Jeb Stewart and Stephen DeSouza. Based off the novel by Roderick Thorpe. Music by Michael Kamen. He's back again. Last Action Hero, Roadhouse, and Leave the Weapon. Yeah. Cin- cinematography by Jan de Bont, director of Twister. Uh, cast. Uh, oh, sorry. Directed by John McTiernan. There He's he is. He's here again. There he Last is. Last Action Hero. Two in a month. That's a pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, I, like see- I like seeing that. Cast. Bruce Willis, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald Vell Johnson, Paul Gleason, Devereaux White, William Atherton, Hart Bachner, James Sh- Shigetta, careful she with that one. Talk. Alexander Gudunov, mm. Clarence Gilliard Jr., Al Young, Robert Davey, Mary Ellen Trainer, Alan Rickman, and Rick DeCumman.
2: Yeah. I guess we'll talk about we it. We might be it. talking about it later. Talk okay. about it.
0: Screenwriter Jib Stewart was struggling in Hollywood, having written a script for Columbia Pictures and then the production company completely abandoning it, abandoning it. The young writer needed a break. 20th Century Fox producer Lloyd Levin contracted Stewart to write an adaptation of the novel Nothing Lasts Forever. Stewart worked almost 18 hours a day, which left him exhausted and angry. After a fight with his wife, the writer went for a drive and accidentally ran over a box. Um, he was like panicking. He, it was like a huge like industrial box, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he pulled over to the side of the road, thinking perhaps the box could have had something in it, something alive in it uh like a you know, homeless man or a dog or something yeah. who knows uh stewart went back to make sure the box is empty and in, indeed it was that is where the idea of the main character going through a tumultuous tumultuous relations with his wife and the fact that no reconciliation was had before he left his wife uh was born according to original author roderick thorpe the script was pretty faithful to the source material stewart finished the script in six weeks and when he turned it in, the film was greenlit the next day because 20th Century Fox needed a summer blockbuster. Oh. John McTiernan was hired due to the success of Joel Silver and Lawrence Gordon's other hit, Predator. McTiernan wanted to wanted the tone of the film to be more lighthearted and less cynical than his previous films. He got his wish as the original novel was much more of that, and the script adaptation was indeed more lighthearted. Being based off the novel, the book was actually part of a series and a f- and a film had already been made uh in that universe called the detective which starred frank sinatra fox was then contractually obligated to offer the role of john mcclain to sinatra but he declined <laughs> sylvester stallone richard Gere, james khan al pacino burt reynolds don johnson mel gibson nick nolte harrison ford clint eastwood and arnold schwarzenegger were all offered the part but turned it down <clears throat> I think uh, Schwarzenegger was actually close to accepting it, but he wanted to focus more on his comedic career, like Jingle All the Way, as we will hear. <coughs> and uh, he, instead of this film, uh, made Twins. Oh, when Bruce Willis was approached for the role, the init- he initially turned it down as well because he was busy with TV series Moonlighting. But when co-star Sybil Shepherd became pregnant, Willis Willis's time freed up, and he accepted the role. Willis uh, he was paid five million at the time for this for this role, and he wasn't really heard of as like a, a leading man if, as far as films go he was i think he only did one movie before this and uh he was more of a tv guy and more of a comedic tv guy so it was like a huge gamble for the production company to have because success didn't really translate from right. the, the small screen to the big screen as far as uh, transitioning actors goes um it wasn't really ever heard of and so it was a huge gamble for them to uh cast him in this but uh yeah it was his second movie role ever wow it was die hard <laughs> The film underwent a massive rewrite up until the film was shooting, which added many key scenes, including the face-to-face meeting of McLean and Gruber at the end of the second act. Principal photography began in November 1987, and filming took place almost entirely at Fox Plaza in Century City. The production needed a building under construction, so Fox obliged under the condition they could only film at night. None of the film was storyboarded, as DOP Jan DeBont thought that would make his job redundant so director McTiernan and Bont would come up with detailed shot lists for the day of filming Die Hard was released on July 15th 1988 and on a budget of somewhere between 25 and 35 million the film made somewhere between 139.8 uh, and $141.5 million at the box office. It was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Effects, and Best Editing, and has cemented itself as one of the best action films and a lot of people's
2: favorite Christmas film of all time. 73% of people's favorite Christmas movie of yeah, all time. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. Well, it thanks, Sean. Sense. Up next, we got to go over to AJ. we got to learn about the critics, the fans alike, what their thoughts are on this movie. What do you got for us, bud? Welcome to the party, pal. It's
1: time for the The tomato tomato meter. meter. (laughs) Gross. Very much unlike the splat that that man took on that car. See? Uh, (laughs) See? This is 94% certified fresh. 94.
2: That's per the critics. And of any movie we have done, that is tied in the 18th spot with Speed. Wow. Per the critics. Okay. That's how they feel. So that's the a critics. good double feature. Yeah. Like oh, that. that's a great that's a lot of action. A lot of That's action. a lot. That's Whoa. a lot.
0: Actually, I think Jan DeBont directed that. He said, bring my heart uh, down. I had
2: a, I had a note on that that apparently while making Die Hard, cinematographer Jan DeBont got trapped in an elevator, and that gave him the inspiration for the opening no scene of, of speed. <laughs> that's oh, all. No. Just throwing that out
1: there. <laughs> well, it it could have been shorter. Um
2: credit <laughs> sequence. <90. laughs>
1: 94 percent the audience are in full agreement at 94 percent It's rare it is very rare uh doesn't happen all the time but they agreed 100 percent that it's 94 percent
2: 8.2 on imdb if you know anything about imdb of the movies we've done in 8.2 is pure cinematic magic that is tied in the number ninth spot of any movie we've done with monty python's holy grail and the thing Dude. I was
0: I was going to say, you're going to say the thing. I'm going to say the thing. That's awesome.
2: Rock
1: and roll, baby. Guys, let's just run through some of these uh, critical happenings, okay? I'm going to start from the bottom, then we get to here. Uh, we're going to go with Richard Schickel over at Time. Uh, what Willis proves in Die Hard is that it is... This is a 50 out of 100, so this is a half out of one, guys, okay? He <laughs> felt halfway about this movie. Uh, what Willis proves in Die Hard is that... Uh, is that it is not one that you can ease through, especially if your preparations run more to bodybuilding than to character building. <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> uh, TV Guide always gives us such great feedback on movies. Uh, a triumph of slick direction and lowbrow thrills marred, but not but not spoiled by a sour aftertaste. That was a 60 out of a hundred.
0: Are these uh, the last two, I guess that you've just read off, yeah. are those of the time, like when it came out? Yes. Okay,
1: cool. Yes, they are. Um, yeah. July 25th, 1988.
0: It's it's just interesting to know because a lot of times when people just see something right away, mm-hmm. they don't have the effect of like it being a masterpiece on their mind. So it's 100%. really, it's really interesting to hear from the, from the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, New York times. Um, speaking of the times, uh, New York Times said 70 out of 100 has to be the most excessive film around piles every known element of the action genre onto the filmsy story. Or flimsy story, sorry. I like filmsy. I like filmsy. I think that's a good term. That,
0: that movie was pretty filmsy.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty filmsy flick, huh? Wow, that was a guys.
0: good, I'd
1: yeah. Uh. Uh, Put it on a fucking t-shirt. All right, I'll get there. Uh, someday. <laughs> uh, Dave Kerr just said this movie has everything but a personality. Oh, <laughs> 75 out of 100.
2: What, what does Dave Kerr like?
1: I don't know. He's, he's just kind of a cur about everything <laughs> uh, curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. <laughs> Dave Curmudgeon. <laughs> Got him. Oh, man. I wonder
0: if that's where that comes from. Mike's good. <laughs> like yeah. Two, yeah. One, two so he's like, you cur. Oh, one you Kerr. Oh. You
1: Dave Kerr. I'll, I'll give you one more of the uh, critics. Uh, Destin Thompson over at the Washington Post gave this an 80 out of 100. That's an eight out of 10. Uh, a fire-powered, blood-drenched action picture that doesn't let up. Yeah. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Am I right or am I right? Um, let's do a couple of uh, a couple of the baddies in here. Okay. Uh, these are from the Watchers. Now this is from 2020, um, December 28th, 2020. It's probably a tough Christmas for all. I get it. <laughs> But Paulford, um, 13729, of course, had this to say. This is December 28th. Uh, a friend of mine recently added on Facebook It's not Christmas until you've seen Die Hard. Having never seen it, I decided to give it a watch this Xmas period. Was very <laughs> disappointed. Just say Christmas, <laughs>
0: no,
2: like, I I or hate. just don't say it at all. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I
0: don't know why that.
2: This I hate that Xmas period,
1: <laughs> or you could say Christmas season. I <laughs> like, <laughs> think this person's British. We'll find out. Okay, was very disappointed in the acting and storyline. Having now seen it, I categorically confirm that this is in no way a Christmas movie. Whatsoever, and I've since removed him
0: as a friend on Facebook
2: <laughs> for being so stupid in
0: thinking that it is. I like this guy. <laughs> hey, stuck to his convictions. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's you know a lot of people. If you're going to get deleted on Facebook for one one of a few things, it's going to be your political views, <laughs> your your bursts of religious commentary, or how you feel about diehard. Yep, really yeah, that's it. really what it comes down to, guys. Um, how about just a nice quick one out of 10 out of this world action movie said, uh, Dev sikar uh, one out of 10 meaningless action out of the world, unrealistic action scenes of the protagonist, pathetic screenplay.
2: <laughs> cool. Okay.
1: It's an out of this world action. movie. Yeah. Boy, you really kind of threw me <laughs> off on that one.
2: It's,
0: it sounds like I've heard that in a good way, a lot more than I've been a bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody also said that uh, it's boring uh, Boring tops with an illogical cop. It's such a terrible, boring movie. I'll never understand how this is highly regarded. Uh, John McClane has got to be the most stupid cop around. Kay. Great. Thanks, guy. All right. <laughs> now, I know I think this one's out there, and this is, I think, just wanted to put this one to rest. Want to make sure we had a little bit of time for this one. Um, B-hole shebang is back. <laughs> okay. And this is a 10- Out of ten, the ultimate Christmas movie. Hell yeah! I figured it was worth bringing up due to the circumstances. So, warning spoilers. Uh, Why is there controversy over Die Hard being a Christmas movie? First of all, let us state all the obvious references to the holiday season. Uh, One, we see John in the airport with a giant stuffed bear with a bow, an obvious Christmas present, we'll assume for his daughter. Um, We see the birthday. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, n- number two, we see the Christmas party with tree decorations, several of the women in festive dress. Uh, three, T- Takagi addresses the party and wishes everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Let's roll through some of these other ones here, right? Holly tells her pregnant secretary to join the party. Uh, she's making her feel like Ebenezer Scrooge. When the phone with her daughter and asked if Daddy is coming home, Holly states, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. Also tells her daughter no stooping for presents. Wright explains why they are separated. Why they are separated and getting together for the holiday. Plus Christmas and Hollis. Hello. Come on. We see another Christmas tree in the lobby. Nakatomi building. John decorates dead a dead guy with a Santa hat. And now, and now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. There's a Christmas tree at police dispatch. Let's move on. Sergeant <laughs> Powell uh tells the man pretending to guard or pretending to be the guard, Merry Christmas. Uh he then leaves singing, let it snow. Theo calls uh calls out where the SWAT team is going by starting the night before Christmas. I'll, I'll skip a couple of these. Please. <laughs> they drive off, and we hear let need it snow. We, we see use of Christmas throughout this movie. Are there times where the action takes us away from Christmas narrative? Absolutely. However, we always come back around to it in some way. This is a movie about a man trying to spend Christmas with his estranged family at its core. Now, is Christmas the central theme of the movie? Could it take place at any other time of the year? Does it have to be a Christmas... Christmas, in order for the plot to make sense. I would argue that it needs to happen on Christmas. Hans and his goons needed the building to be mostly empty and little security on duty. The Christmas party assured that the building would be mostly empty. They needed hostages to pull off the heist. To me, it's always been a Christmas movie that can be enjoyed any time of year. Yippee-ki-yay. Mother effer.
0: <laughs> All right. be whole shebang.
2: Behold, shebang.
0: I agree with him. Had... I, I agree with them.
1: Hey. <laughs> It does say she in the name.
2: Well, okay, it could. Cool. No, hold on. It could be behole shebang. Yeah, or it could be beholes hebang. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like multiple buttholes hebang. Yeah, or one butthole shebang. This is what we're
0: getting out of that. Yes. Yeah. Because I,
2: I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> Mike's over it. I'm over it. We said we weren't going to talk about this. I had to bring it up. We're putting it to rest. <laughs> We're putting it to rest by s- starting more controversy. Be hole
0: shebang has a final word, okay? All right. as far uh, as I'm concerned.
1: Look, Be hole shebang. I know it's on my Christmas list. Huh? <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. <laughs>
2: (laughs) So I got to tell you, Die Hard was released 35 years ago, and a lot has changed. One of the things that's changed the most is the price of food. It's so easy to feel these rising prices at any point of the year, but it seems to be exponentially worse around the holiday season. I'm so pumped to tell you a secret I've learned to save money while eating better than I ever have. The secret is today's incredible sponsor, Every Plate, America's Best Meal Kit. I had a major problem in 2023 that I'm working on correcting. I got addicted to getting delivery to my house 40 bucks here for lunch while I was home 50 bucks there for dinner after the baby wiped my wife and I out for you know no energy to cook let's just order you've been there all of a sudden, you're hemorrhaging money without even realizing it. Every plate is 50% cheaper than your average fast ca- casual meal. They're the easiest way to eat affordably. As fast as that money left your account for delivery, it will start saving up in your account when you switch to every plate. I also had a period where I tried going to the grocery store and buying everything myself. It was terrible. I wasted so much time driving there, walking around, finding what I need. I always bought more than I needed, and much of it went to waste when it got home. Every Every plate fixed that too by showing up right to my door with my pre selected meals, pre portioned ingredients, eliminating wasted food, saving valuable time and money. Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety so you'll never get stuck in a cooking rut. You get to choose from 26. Tasty, affordable recipes that change every single week. It's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying to every meal of the day. Last week, I made pork sausage and white sauce flatbreads. Oh, yeah. I don't understand how I did it, but it was probably one of the best flatbread pizzas I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I freaking made it. made it from scratch. And then last night I made chickpea rice bowl, um, spicy like uh, a rice bowl with chickpeas and tomato cucumber. Mm. It had a creamy lemon sauce with feta on it. It was oh, like yeah. I'm eating healthy here like delicious meal eating healthy it's incredible which option are you doing are you doing the i just i pick i pick from uh everything oh okay nice just yeah, yeah you just you just i just get in there and i'm like oh that i want a little meat on that one a little i want a little healthy one on that one nice it's freaking awesome uh you'll be the hero of your household just like just like me by not only saving money cooking incredible meals i was skeptical until i tried it and now i'm going on three straight months of three every plate meals getting delivered to my house no plan on stopping. It we are we made our budget for next year, like just personal budget, and like I know exactly what I'm going to spend on meals every week now because I got every plate. Nice. Um, so get a meal for one forty nine plus one dollar steaks for life by going to everyplate.com dot com slash podcast. Entering code 49 nine confused. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the one dollar steak again. Meals for one forty nine per meal, plus $1 steaks for life. Everyplate.com slash podcast, entering code 49confused. Subscription must be active to qualify. Redeem that $1 steak. You got to do it, guys. That's $110 value. Thanks to our friends at Everyplate. Well, boys, it's been a tough six months. Crimes on the rise in New York, making our jobs stressful. Mm-hmm. To top it all off, our wife selfishly moved all the way to the other side of the country for the advancement of her career. Ugh. With no concern for me and our career, and she took the kids with her. Let's board a plane, head to L.A., because it's finally time for some relaxation. And We need to try to rekindle our marriage before she does something stupid, like change her last name. Take off her wedding ring. Maybe fall in love with some hotshot LA executive. Yeah, Yeah. Our planes boarding. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go, boys. Yippee
0: ki yay, motherfucker!
2: Oh, you can't say that. All right, so scene one. John McClane arrives in Los Angeles to attempt to reconcile with his estranged wife, Holly. He goes to Nakatomi Plaza, where Holly is attending a work holiday party. Holly Holly greets him and is called away from the party. While McClane refreshes himself from the flight, as the party continues, terrorists led by Hans Gruber arrive, take over the building, and hold the partygoers as hostages. McClane is able to disappear unnoticed into the building's maintenance areas.
0: Have you guys tried this trick? This I ad, this advice.
2: I wanted while walking around you. barefoot, yeah, and clenching shoes toes. off. yeah, Making
1: fists with your toes
2: is what he says. Yeah. I have not. Um, I I see what he's saying, but I really don't think that's a thing. Right? I don't think so either. Is it's, this just a ploy to get him barefoot for it, the movie? It has to
1: be. I mean, I love. That. I mean, it's a. It's honestly, it's an amazing setup for that. It really is because, of course, you, of course, you are going to take the advice from the guy you just happen to sit next to. Who says, "Oh, I travel all the time," Ugh. and then after having a cup of coffee in a shower, and it's like, and he tries this, and I think it's just like a tension thing, like get okay. your get your tension out like through your toes and let it sink away. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm sure it has some value to it. Do we need him to be barefoot in this movie? Like, is that a major part of of the experience of this movie? I think so. Okay. I think
0: I think that the why everyone connects to this character, as we'll get into, obviously, is that like it is sort of set up to be like you've seen these action movies, like the Arnie movies and everything, Stallone movies. Um, they're unbeatable bastards. You know, they're they're going to win in the end. You, it, it's inevitable because there is. Four or five movies in the fucking series already, yeah. You know, and then at this point, you see this character who is who you presume to be that way. Like he walks into the airport, and a the woman looks at him like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" Okay, yeah. They're all always attractive in these movies as well. Mm -hmm. I think this completely humanizes uh, an action character, which why I think everyone kind of loves John McClane is because he is not a professional. He's just a New York cop.
2: you Yeah, know? you're right. And you're so, right. like, to see him, we don't fallible, even know if he's a good cop. Like, you, well, <laughs> and like,
0: it it, just, it makes it's it true. It makes it dangerous because you're like, I don't know if he will get out of this, <laughs> and like, but like, you know, all of his like kind of guerrilla warfare tactics yep. are just like him thinking on the fly. You know,
1: it helps strip away like you're talking about that in, that invincibility factor, and really takes him back because he's quite literally like stripped down to almost nothing. Yeah, you know. And I think it adds a vulnerability to the character that you really you need in this movie. Yeah. You know.
2: So, okay, so really, whether or not that works or not, this is this is your easiest way to get him uncomfortable and his shoes off in the movie. He needs a place to change. Yeah. He, He technically
1: wasn't even really supposed to be at this Christmas
2: party. Yeah. It sounds like. It sounded like he invited him directly, kind of. Yeah. Like he sent for the limo. Like the boss t- did. Takagi did. Takagi seems like a great fucking he boss. He does. He's, a, he's my huggable face. Uh, no,
1: you got one? I cool. have a huggable face. And it is
2: In Takagi. the the Christmas season. We don't punch faces. Yeah, no, we we, pretty much. Okay, we just do. Hu- okay, yeah. I like that. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to be punching I've got face a, with. a punchable face. No, no, no. No, no. It's Christmas season. I thought <laughs> I
0: wrote a huggable face down.
1: He might be it. Takagi is definitely like the like that guy. He seems like a great boss.
2: We don't know what he's doing though, because this there's some very seedy underlying thing. Like this is not your average company. No, for the 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 fact that they have that vault on site and all this stuff in there, like. We don't know what this company's actually doing. Yeah, it's true. He may be a terrible, terrible bad guy. That may very well be. But in like, I just fill the blanks in my, yeah, my own self. You right. know,
0: uh, I think he might be like partnered with someone who uh, is like that. And so I'm like, maybe he doesn't really even know. He actually doesn't know the codes that or uh, that Hans is trying to get from him or yeah. whatever. You know, maybe like the like passwords or whatever he's trying yeah. to get. Maybe. Yeah. But I like to think
2: that because I like him. Because I like you him know? a lot too. It is sad when he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: And I also I want to make it kind of clear, too. You were talking about he had really more of a TV career before this. Bruce Willis did. And and really, he had more of a heartthrob vibe than anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I know he I'm pretty sure between uh, whatever his last movie or his first movie was like, he probably added a little bit of muscle, you know, because he's going to be in the tank Mm -hmm. top and everything. But he was really more of like that heartthrob kind of a guy like on TV and stuff. And it's it's kind of a nice nod of him getting off of the plane while he's the getting stewardess. off, and the stewardess is like,
2: "This is a yeah. very long look."
0: Yeah. Oh yes. Well, he's got that fucking smirk, man. I know. He's got that Bruce Willis like charming smirk. I, I, that's yeah. me <laughs> doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's nailed it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I like Sexy, that. Huh? Yeah. That's hot. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> well, he makes. He makes just being an average guy like awesome, right? Yeah, and and even stuff that I find like I, I'm not a smoker, and like I'm just like if people smoking. I'm like, what the fuck's the matter with you? But then Bruce Willis makes smoking look so fucking cool. Mike, you said it in. Uh
0: the Did Fifth we, Element. Oh, dude. And I, I'm 100% on board. Maybe the best cinematic smoker. C- of all. Cinematic he's at least, smoker. That's I right. don't know
2: who they are, but he's at least top Brian Gosling's 30. one. I know Ooh, that. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Maybe Russell Crowe. I Sounds don't know. like a good idea for a brunch. Boom! The Best smokers, best on-screen smokers. Roll that, that content, great, baby. Roll that content. No, he. Uh, nobody smokes better than Bruce. It, really, at this point, in my opinion.
1: I think a big, big part of that is how well he can talk with a cigarette. Yep. Yeah. Ryan we'll is He's the so same right. way, and it's just like it's just gotta. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, mean, I guess it's gonna be a, It's gonna be like a. Look, if you're looking for a party, I'm here to have one.
0: It's like, like, it's because, like he could say anything. It's like he's got is, that, like, dancing cigarette in his mouth. Because the smoke is, like, getting in his eye, he's got that natural, like, charming mm. squint. He was like, well, yeah. Yeah, well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's yeah, so good. It's better than
1: being caught with
2: your pants down, right? <laughs>
1: it's like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess. Oh,
2: Okay. I have Ooh, a bare, barefoot, huh? Here's a prop. <laughs> I got to go for it because it was the only one I could think from this. I'm sure there's better ones, but uh, I want the the teddy bear. Oh, okay. Because I want to give it to Willa, but also, did you, did you realize where else that teddy bear came from? Uh-uh. It was in another fantastic movie of the era. It was the same teddy bear um, that Jack Ryan had in The Hunt for Red October. Oh, uh, really? Alec Baldwin's character in The Hunt for Red October, two years later. No kidding. He's got a, a bear on an airplane.
0: And no it's shit, the exact same
2: teddy bear. Just like they another, they they use the same prop. I think it's another John McTiernan movie too. Right it now. might. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I not only want it just just for Willa to have because it's a cool bear, but also the it's been in two movies. I like that. Hell yeah, yeah. I dig that.
0: I want the original. I have a machine gun now. Ho ho ho! Sweatshirt. That's good. Yeah, I want that one that That'd he's be wearing. Tight.
1: That's that's really well done. Um, I want the um, I want the sign that Argyle is holding. It says J McLean. Nice. Just right there. Just uh, just put it up right behind me because I do have a little bit of a problem with like his last name that it's Mick Clane.
2: Mick Clane. Mick, There's two Mick C's. Clane. Yeah.
1: I, I just feel like it should be McLean, but yeah. McLean, you know, <laughs>
2: McLean. What, like, M-A-C-C-L-E-A-N, yeah. or M C C. It should just be M-C-L-E-A-N. Yeah, like, that's the way I just I, I feel about or it. McLean, yeah, I spelled that Cause,
1: right. Because every time I see it, like, when you say it, I don't have a problem, but every time I see that, yeah. that sign that he's holding... I'm bothered.
0: <laughs> and so I just want to do that. So you that want right it back and then here. you're gonna actually like put an X through one yeah. of the C's. Okay, yeah, I'd cool. probably do that. Yeah. And <laughs> say, yeah, okay. Okay. I, his name I think the writer changed his name uh from like the novel's actual character, oh, okay. like the character that Frank Sinatra played in yeah, the yeah, detective. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He changed it to McLean because he's just uh he was like
2: Scottish heritage, so he's like, oh, just John McLean. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah, Boom. that's fair.
2: How about uh, we talk about it a lot, man, but when you talk about holiday Christmas parties in the 80s, mm-hmm. fuck, like what, what this was like, they're not just doing this in movies to be like, let's just make up a while. Like, I think this is literally what corporate holiday parties were.
0: I mean, people,
2: these coke are, and tits, coke and tits, and like no spouses allowed. No, 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 no. <laughs> just, I got, I got to fuck my work wife today. Yeah, <laughs> like, not you, wife. You eh. stay home with the kids. Like it's, it's wild, so to weird. Me. It is wild. It still blows my mind to to see some of these movies and be just like Jesus. I know. Where's HR? Yeah,
1: <laughs> they weren't <laughs> invited
2: either. They're no. on holiday. <laughs> they're yeah, spending time home. with their
1: family. They Look, were. They're already stressed enough with all the shit that goes on normally at these places. <laughs> They're high stress jobs or whatever, and you you're, you're going to invite HR? No, they don't want to be invited. And everybody needs to. Eh, we just need to let them blow off some steam. Let's have a good <laughs> holiday party and lots off. of lots of lots of alcohol and literally blow <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> and blowing and uh, blowing. I I speaking of all of this so the corporate mentality, I was like, where is Frank Cross? He is in this building somewhere. He's got it. I be. know he is. Yeah. I know we just watched Scrooge, but I'm like, this is if he walked by, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. no, that makes sense. a lot yeah. of sense right yeah. there. Yep, there he is. Kind of fun. <laughs> can we talk about Ellis? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> He's not my punchable face
2: because he, he, he sure? gets. I mean, he, he gets it. He gets. Are he you, gets it pretty good. Are you going to yeah. waste a punch on a guy that's already going to die? You no,
0: know? but yeah. like this. I don't know. I, I I've known people like this who are just like, yeah, man. I, I got. I know about everything. You know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I, I get I'm away with everything. Yeah. Too. yeah it's yeah. just
0: like I. Well, I can. I can talk my way at everything. I can yeah. talk you into anything. You know.
2: I've. It is. I pretty hate shitty. people like this yeah. so much. And what a terrible suit this guy is wearing. I know it's. You can't really judge fashion, but it's just oversized. It's got these colored stripes colored, like, broad stripes, Ugh. all... It's just Definitely shoulder pads. Oh, everything about it just <laughs> makes me be like, you deserve my punch, but I'm going to hold it. I know. I'm going to hold it. He's so... It's so terrible. And, like,
1: by the way, there's... I don't think there's a redeeming quality about this guy, other than the fact that he did kind of play it somewhat cool
2: when he, like, later on, when he's in front of Hans, I, I actually... Technically. Would, I think... Sort of humanizing Ellis a little bit like he's not he doesn't when he does go into that office and he and he talks, you know, to Hans, he could have easily gone further than he did. Right. All he all he wanted to do was be like, we'll get you that guy so that all of us can get out. Yeah, I, right. I feel like he was trying to truly get all the hostages out of the building. Yeah, I I think that he, he had didn't ruin, some... he didn't fuck Holly's life up. She's like, no, 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 Holly's. You don't know Holly. This man is this man, and you got to go after him. Let us out.
1: And he said, he says, like he he came with me. He was like, because he did say, like he invited. Yes. John. You know. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's true.
0: I don't know. I think it could more also of...
1: be, it could also be, well, if
0: I get rid of him, <laughs> yeah. then I guess it's true. I guess he's, he's going to be kissing <laughs> hey, Holly I, I, under I, hey the man. mistletoe. But hey,
2: he's keeping Holly safe though. Yeah. You know? I That's... don't know.
0: I think it's his, <laughs> I think it's his Coke fueled paranoia. It's, yeah. just, it, it's like, I don't know what else to do because I need to move. I need to talk to somebody
2: right now. Yeah. That dude's bumping Coke, like while he's <laughs> in a in, <laughs> a, in a, in a hostage <laughs> line. Well, dude, one of the funniest parts that I did realize this time is that when he does go in there to talk to Hans, they bring him a Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> yes, My yes. thought my thought is that, seriously, they're like, can we, the German guys, can we get to anything? And he's like, yeah, some Coke. Yeah, they, you got the like, Coke? Oh, okay. Uh, they, they uh, uh, coke. He wanted real
0: Coke, <laughs> <and> they like, <laughs> brought him a He's coke. like, yeah,
2: I guess that'll work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> kind of like, now. Yeah, it used to be, yeah.
1: They it used what to what I put I Coke, coke <laughs> in there, yeah. <laughs> <It's> not,
0: <laughs> oh, um, you meant literally, oh. <laughs> I think uh, Argyle was was my most lovable face. Argyle Argyle was definitely yeah. I love him. I love the the whole limo ride. He's just asking him questions like, "Why do you ask so many questions, Argyle?" I'm like, "You're the one that sat up front." (laughs) Yeah, no, no. There's there's a privacy screen that you could use if you sat in back
2: of the limo. I've never been in a limo before. Yeah, (laughs) well, but I know how they work. Yeah, really, (laughs) but you've seen how they go, right? Like, that's not a trunk, right? It's not storage.
1: Just because you sit, just yeah, just because you've never seen like a like, you've never driven a semi, okay? <laughs> you know where you're supposed to sit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: what are you At talking about? At the same about? time, though, no, I, I might sit up front, too. Because, like, Argos just, is tight. just uh, well, that. And, like, riding in a limo by yourself just seems sad. <laughs> it does kind of seem a little yeah. sad.
1: Uh, I like it. Unless you've got, well... Unless you've got a, a, a cheese pizza. You're very, That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Cheese pizza.
0: And all the Mountain Dew or yeah, candy you know, that you want. Coke. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Fuck yeah, dude. I love how he's like
1: rattling off everything. He's like, this thing's got everything, man. he has got C- CD players, C- CB, VHS, like everything. In Whoa. This. Oh, surround sound. And you're just like talking about how at a VHS player back yeah. like, Wow, dude.
2: Yeah, true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys, like I love, you know, we talk about a lot of things that we just love, like, you know, high school movies and heist movies. For me, anytime, anytime I get a chance to see like a well thought out Heist plan come together it in your and ranks. just put it in there. Yeah, just put it in there. Like, I love watching the organization of them arriving and all the stuff that they do and how perfectly planned out it is. This guy does that, that guy does this. Yeah. We go up, we know this, we knew what was going to happen. Here we go. That's like one of my favorite things ever. But I did really have to laugh that they put all these security measures in place and the guy goes, Cool. And he brings down the gates, shuts off all the elevators, yeah. locks the doors turns off the escalator and i was like you know i can still walk on that
0: <laughs> he just turned him into stairs
2: he just he just turned the escalator into he just stairs Just made it a little
0: less inconvenient can you That's imagine
1: all. can you imagine like like all the hostages are finally like running out and they're upstairs and they're like go the escalator wait it's out of order wait, it's out of- they, they shut turn, it down dang they sh- it
2: I left. No, what do we do? They, they they wasted a shot. I'm like, look, the elevators have turned, or the escalators have turned off. I was like,
0: so they, they stay on it for a second. It's like, wait, <laughs>
1: wait, and then somebody, <laughs> so you've got all the hostages, and they all just like run into each other, and somebody's like, no.
2: <laughs> I fucking <laughs> love that stuff. You so lost much. Frank? Yeah, he's, he's escalator got him. got him. He's in the middle of the escalator. We <laughs> oh, don't know yet. No.
0: He's stuck. He's like down there and stuck. He's like, oh god.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that made me laugh quite talk, a bit. Yeah. I want to talk
0: about uh, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber in this, because I, uh, especially on this watch, I notice a lot more from him, uh, just because his, like, physical acting is just, like, as soon as he walks in, it's, like, the group, and then he kind of rushes ahead of everyone, establishing dominance, establishing to the audience that right. he's, like, the bad guy, you know? But also with his hands in his pocket, he's mm-hmm. not carrying any equipment or guns or anything. He is just in control. You know, I like I like that you can get that aspect visually right off the bat and yeah. like even going through the movie he's like touching everything he's just kind of like rubbing everything and like because like he's own owns it now nothing yeah. is off limits he thinks to this, this building is, is his now you know and like you kind of feel like that as an audience member yeah uh, i think he's just completely underrated in this almost i know everyone loves him yeah but uh just a little subtle he deserves more is what you're saying yeah like, he's just so good yeah like even a a nomination like he's that good yeah, yeah. To, to be honest well and a little bit
1: of like some of the great background of this is that he was a stage actor yeah, yeah. And i mean i think they offered him this movie or he he found out about it, like two days when he got to like la he's
0: and, like 42 at the yeah
1: time. and and he was a stage actor a very very prompt mm-hmm. like good stage actor they the i i don't it was either Tiernan or one of the producers, and they saw him in a play, and he was kind of playing a villainous person, and they said, We want him for mm. this role. Um, and there, I think there were other people like up for it and whatnot. But really, his it's his first yeah. soiree yeah. into film. Wild. And I think it I think it lended a lot to his character of you have to. I, I really think in film and, and especially on stage, when you're on stage. You have to be, even though you're doing a subtle role or subtle movements, you have to be doing something a little bit over the top and mm-hmm. exaggerated, right? Yeah. And I think when you have Hans Gruber as a villain, like you're saying, he's a very like relaxed and you know he's in control. I think you have to be you have to be able to play up those subtleties like a stage actor would. Sure. To really kind of help get it across to the audience. And I think it lended so well to it, especially later on when we kind of get the meetup between oh God, yeah. I can't between wait to him and I can't wait to talk about it. But um, those are all the small little things in his facial expressions. And although they're very subtle, he probably had to elevate that and exaggerate it just a little bit yeah, to it, make sure it came across the right way.
0: Especially, like, I love what you're saying because it's even on camera, like, those little subtle things of him just touching something are, like, enunciating to an audience if you were doing it live. That's yeah. basically what he's doing on screen. Yeah. Right. He's creating a character visually rather than telling the audience how he feels, you know? Wow. And speaking on top of that, too, I really like how... John McTiernan tells us the story of John McClain and um, his wife, uh, Holly. Holly. They're, like, he kind of explains visually what's going on between them. He doesn't tell the audience until, like, obviously they start arguing when they get together, but before they're together, he, like, goes to the key thing, and he, like, he realizes she changed her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, him just talking to Argyle in the, in the limo, it, I don't know. I, I love that aspect about it, just being like, okay, well, there's something up between him and his wife. There's some tumultuous relationship going on, and uh, you feel for that. Obviously, it's a human thing. You want him to get – you want the good guy to get the girl, you right. know? Um, yeah. I just love how he tells it uh, <laughs> visually instead of just kind of like, yeah, well, my wife, you know, it doesn't go through a whole backstory. This yeah. is exactly what happened. It's just this. You yeah. know, I love that.
1: Yeah. And and by the way, you got to realize how long some of these credits are still going on for throughout the yeah. beginning of this movie. It's kind of crazy. Like we get you get Bruce Willis and you get like Die Hard right away. Then they get some of the supporting cast, and I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure that there're still some credits being told when they pull up to that building. So what you're telling me is that you
2: can actually as a movie maker, uh-huh, that you can actually begin the movie While doing credits Right Oh so you don't need a four minute long scene Of nothing happens Let me just show you all the things you don't care about Right Okay, now we can start the movie. You got it. Wow. Yeah, you can do it. Listen and up out there, you kids. <laughs> you kids. Yon de DeBont, who was on set? <laughs> All you young filmmakers out there. <laughs> he didn't there. listen up. No, he didn't. He's like, no, this will be awesome. They're going to love this. <laughs> They're going to love this. Oh, my God. They're going to love this whole the. <laughs> you're going to If you love Die Hard, you're going to love Speed. Oh. I
0: like... Uh, the hockey push hockey puck flashbang. yeah that he, he just slides it <laughs> slides it across the thing i'm like hockey puck flashbang sounds like a fucking badass band name
2: uh that would definitely or maybe an album name yeah for like, yeah. yeah yeah i, yeah, like, I like that, that. cool i uh
1: now, now i want to change my prop Dang nope it. can't all have it right. <laughs> all right fine
2: Let's move on to scene two, boys. So McLean witnesses uh, Gruber. I keep every time I see Mac-Gurber. Gruber, I, every time I see Gruber, I want to say Mug Because I'm saying M- McLean Gru- witnesses Gruber, <laughs> Gruber murder, Takashi. I wonder if that's where they got <laughs> it. I, it, has it to be. I want it to be that so bad. and tries to alert the police by setting off a fire alarm a henchman finds mclean but mclean kills him takes his radio and weapons mclean makes it to the roof tries to call the lapd more of the terrorists confront him forcing john to hide in the ductwork system boys can we mention that huey lewis is in this movie huey lewis oh dude He's the, is he the front desk? No, guy? he's not. But listen, one of them who they both look. The no, same. the guy at the front desk, the guy that takes over is a security guard. I, like I had to search because I swore that was Huey Lewis. You swore <laughs> it was him. It's not. But think about <sighs> Huey Lewis was in Back to the Future a few years before this. It doesn't seem unreasonable that he would be in there. But this guy was Dennis Hayden. He was in some TV shows. He was in a few other movies like Another Forty Eight Hours, Action Jackson. Not too well known, but my God, if you look at these guys side by side, they are identical. <laughs> Just I mean, spot they on. are spot on doppelgangers. Oh my God! I think for a long time there was an internet myth that that was that who it wrote. was really? I mean, and then Huey Lewis himself acknowledged it. As, you know, as a popular rumor, he did a guest appearance on the Cleveland Show. The episode was called "Die Semi Hard," <laughs> which was a loving tribute to Die Hard. In the episode itself, Lewis voices a parody of Eddie, literally credited as "Guy Who Looks Like Huey Lewis." <laughs> so I don't know. I I think I think maybe for many out there that thinks it is Hue- Huey Lewis, it's not. But my God, look at him! He's not. In, he's not in
0: movies that he doesn't do a theme song for. Okay, there you it, go. It's the it's the power of Christmas <laughs> yeah. something like it would be. You know, it would be. Now yeah. all I can think about is
1: is is die semi-hard and the people who are making out and trying to bang in the thing and and like if they got killed that guy died semi-hard yeah Yeah. maybe more (laughs) that
0: poor bastard poor son of a gun (laughs)
1: um by the way when they do come in they start taking hostages so we do realize that um uh, holly's secretary is pregnant right we realize this and i mean she's like pretty far along and i've got to tell you how many terrorists are there in this Oh God, like, I got him. Eleven? Twelve? Let, let me tell you, there's not enough to subdue a nine <laughs> an eight and a half month pregnant woman. they don't stand a fucking chance. There's thirteen of them total. Yeah, that's yeah. not enough. A baker's dozen isn't enough because she yeah, that's not gonna be enough to stop. She's this gonna woman. leave. She's gonna leave. <laughs> she's like, uh, excuse me, she's going to use her, her her pregnancy strength, and they're gonna be like, uh, you can't go anywhere. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> arm just snaps snaps arm takes the gun
1: she goes rambo this is done deal <laughs> eating, guys grabbing
2: food on her way yeah, like, she's lay like off lay, off me. lay off me i'm starving i'm eating
0: for two <laughs> It's just, like you've been through this. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the fucking baby reaches like yeah. out her stomach, like doesn't like protrude, but yeah. just like you can see the little hands and it grabs a gun. It, yeah. So like she's just like eating stuff with a gun, like right here. It's, it's like it's like she has
1: forearms now. And she's yeah. just like, <laughs> true, 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 true.
0: <laughs> they don't stand yeah. a chance. Yep, we John McClane is bleeding from every place on his yeah. on his body. He's like, All I had to do was just entrust you yeah <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> It's literally it i like how takagi uh keeps his cool here especially being like held up like he's a seems like a very reasonable guy here well, and holly
2: was like no no, no. yeah you want to yeah. stay back but he's like no i i need to be yeah the representative of this group yeah and, and protect I, my workplace i
0: feel bad for him that the way he goes but it also is like another thing with hans gruber where like he will kill you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I like, see this pretty. He does seem like pretty in charge and uh, kind of also keeps his cool, but he will kill anybody that gets in his way of what he's doing. He
1: doesn't need anybody else to pull the trigger for him. I right. think that's what's very important about this scene is like, you know, oftentimes you have a lot of like head bad guys who decide kill him and they turn his, he turns his back. And as he's walking away, yes. you can see it happen yes. in the background. Yeah, right? do it. Hans Gruber doesn't need. And in fact, I think an even more sinister point of this he removes the silencer from his gun
0: right,
2: to make sure oh. that that can be heard. Oh, my God. I did not even think about that. It, it, and that poor Ellis out there he doesn't hear it because he's sniffing a line of yeah. coke right at that exact time. His, he doesn't his, understand it. His,
1: whole, <laughs> his ears are buzzing like he just got out of a concert. Wow. But, yeah, like he removes the silencer, and, and then he ends up killing Takagi. T- uh, and, and then I got to say, though, it's kind of a weird way to draw him out. You know, of of yeah. being like, Mister Takagi, <laughs> high school graduate, Mister Takagi, <laughs> summa cum laude, wasn't magna cum laude, Mister
0: Takagi. It's like stop saying my accolades. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> when <laughs> when you were seventeen, you helped bury a hooker back yeah. in, in Las Whoa. Vegas. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. right. No, Jesus, he's, we're he's good.
1: T- he draws him up by just like saying his resume, well, th- and like but- saying nice things about him. He's like
2: charitable donor, philanthropist, Mister Takagi. Please stop bragging about me. No, I think I <laughs> mean think think about the time period. You know, if that was now, it's so easy to get any information you want True. about any person. Okay, but think about 1988 what it what it would take to get all that information yeah. and proving w- if he knows all of this what can he do with it that's you know, right like, yeah. and like what is he he already knows this all the way. He, didn't he end it with Wife and children living right. on this street,
1: or something. like Yeah. Okay. Like that. So like, there you go. He knows everything, and that's the thing: information is power. Yes. You know, and I th- it would
2: have been so hard to obtain that.
1: It is a it is a really strong flex. I'm just saying that <laughs> he was willing to go out there before he got through his college career. You know what I mean? He's like. He, He's like he's like don't, keep going. Don't talk about my internship. Don't talk about my internship. Like what and then and then it's like wife or kids he's like, okay, I have to do that. Uh, now. now I gotta go. Yeah. Shit. So that's a good point.
0: I do I like what we've been saying, like without the shoes thing. Like it is an ongoing thing throughout the movie and it gets worse and worse. Um, I I just love the juxtaposition between um, John McClane and Hans Gruber because like in any other movie hans gruber would be like a good guy you know Mm -hmm. his his like cool calm demeanor and like we'll just shoot you and like say a quip or something like that and then that would be like a a a normal maybe like stallone type character Mm. would be more of the traits that hans gruber has whether as like um john mcclain in this movie is kind of stumbly bumbly he's kind of yeah. like w- figuring out the his way through it is almost like right. kind of a joker kind of thing where he's, it's just kind of chaotic you know yeah. and so it's like both of those traits have switched you know just like that there you go both those traits have switched and it's just really cool to see a bad guy take on that rather juxtaposed with this good guy take that's kind of chaotic
1: i agree with you it's it's it is putting this in and again i think it takes it back to like the vulnerability factor of you normally you don't see a a, a hero in in this vulnerable state they ha- like any any other time they're going to have their quote unquote you know superhero outfit on whether yeah, that okay. be the, the the person's jacket you know the t or the the terminator has his leather jacket yep, and and, yep. and stuff in outfit he gets you know, Judge Dread has his police outfit and helmet and whatnot, but he doesn't have that. It's a wife beater, man. Yeah. <laughs> like just getting progressively dirty, and he's just getting worse and worse and worse along the way. And and his his demeanor too. I remember uh, he apparently he spent some time with like real police for a long time, and this idea of him kind of almost not taking anything seriously really came from the time he spent with them. Wow, because he he kind of realized like. I mean, especially in these dire situations, it's they they have to use this dark humor almost mm. to kind of help get them through these scenarios. And he says all these cops are doing it,
2: not just a couple of them. Mm. And well, that's where he really pulled a lot of this from. And he's like he's not necessarily like good at what he's doing right now. You know, like he keeps making mistakes and and like uh mess-ups. You know, even even when he's trying to go down the shaft and then he slips up and yeah. ah, and he grabs this like, he's not your typical, just like everything he does is perfect. Yeah. He ends up in this air duct, and he's like, What the fuck am I going to do in here? Like, I and mean, that's not an ideal place to end come up in.
0: Coast, yeah,
2: you is that the most iconic the visual shot? shot? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the head on <laughs> shot of him in that thing with the lighter. With that lighter. Like, I
0: think that's the shot. Yeah. I mean, check yeah. It out. yeah. It's right there. Yeah.
2: I'm just saying. Oh, weird! I wish I would have got one of those shirts. Yeah, yeah, I know. Weird. I wish you would have too. Um, it's almost like they sent three of them. I know. Oh man, one, oh. two. Three. <laughs> Who
1: was it that sent these out to us? This was last year. When... I forget.
0: I. Yeah, it's my bad. But... Check out our shirts Dang it.
1: because I have their I think I have their other shirt that they also sent out to us too. But yeah, they sent this out to us last year um, in the debate. Yeah, and we. We are wearing them
2: now. So thank it's, you. That's the shot for me what, that I think of in Die Hard. Uh, yeah.
0: My most iconic shot is uh, at the end when he's like laugh, mean, laughing with the cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. And it's like yeah. back yeah, red yeah. lit and he's about to pull the gun out. I love that's that. That's the shot. one.
1: And the jump with the fire hose, yeah. um, personally for me. But, and uh, yeah, it's, it's we'll, we'll continue on like with how great some of these action sequences really are. But I really do attribute that to he's resourceful. In his fight and flight mode that he's just in at this yeah. point because yeah. he has no choice. And some of the things he's doing are very resourceful and some are very smart, like pulling a fire alarm. That's yep. Yep. that would be a very smart thing to do in this scenario. Um, nobody's taking him seriously, though. The, the dispatch isn't you've got, um, you know, he's using like the machine gun to kind of help drag himself down. He, to mm-hmm. cinch. It's smart. But it's it or it's it's resourceful, uh, but, but it's, it's not smart. smart. It's not
0: the right move, right? Maybe he's got
1: to do something, so he's just trying to find a way to get it done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, well, like he says, he's got the machine gun, and then he has to use that machine gun and kind of ditches it, yeah. to like better help himself. Yeah, yeah. and as an audience member, I'm just like, oh, shit! Now just he doesn't keep, have a machine. Keep gun. the I machine know. gun, bro. Yeah.
2: I know. Well, and before we do move on, we have a couple introductions here of some people that we might as well talk about. The Jarrett Layoff Confused Breakfast Actor Database. So, mm. so do you have any guesses on what actor appeared in this movie that, that has appeared in the most movies we've done?
0: I know Mary Ellen Traynor's up there. We keep talking about her. Mary gets-
2: Ellen Trainer. this is her sixth movie Fuck. Wow. that we have done. That is very high on the list. Is that the one? It's not the one. Okay, Rick well, DeCummin? It's Rick DeCummin, Rick DeCummin. Right? DeCummin this is now his seventh movie movie, guys. Yeah, bud. Let's go. And, and again, they're, they're all small roles, but I mean, like, think about this. He's been in Spaceballs. The Burbs was a big role. Encino yeah. Man, small. Groundhog Day, small. Blank Check, big. Last Action Hero was a little small. This was a very... If you blink, you almost yeah. miss him yeah. in this has movie.
0: Maybe three lines. But like, he is now
2: officially in the route the Mount Rushmore of, of actors that we've done. Fuck yeah.
1: I love that so much. I love Rick to come in and I don't, I like, ev- we say they're small roles. C- Everything correct. Everything he does, though, elevates that moment in that movie. Yep. Yes. And it's, it's a hands-down statement. It's just
2: him, man. It's him being. It's Rick being Rick. Yep. Uh, yep. That There's one sneaky one that sneaks up with five movies. This is the fifth one Ooh, they've been in. Al Leong. Al Al is sneaking up. So any 80s movie we do, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm in it.
1: <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, it's like, you see all these guys, and they're like, oh, man, who are these guys?
2: Six-foot-three Germans.
1: I heard I heard some of them speaking German, I think. Oh, my God. Wait, what's that guy
2: doing here? <laughs> it is kind of funny. Why is he here? Why is he here? Because he he's just a badass. Oh, dude. it's like, oh, oh, don't worry about him.
1: Don't worry about Endel. Actually, you
2: do have to worry about him. You do have to worry about him, but not yet you don't.
0: It's like, <laughs> look at all these German guys. Who's that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, uh, like speaking of the bad guys. Uh, what's um, the guy from Money Pit? The long hair who gets his brother killed. Oh, it's like uh, Von
1: Groot. Uh, I mean, I can find it. Yeah, I know. He's that the long hair blonde guy. Yeah,
0: he's got like the, the FAMAS gun. Yeah. Uh, the long, like he puts it together or whatever. Right. The way he carries it too is just like almost like a samurai would. He's just like, he's walking along. At like especially when he gets to the rooftop or whatever yeah. he's just walking along like this like oh i just love killing people i just I love, just love <laughs> killing, killing people I alexander
1: Go- Godunov. yeah that's it yep um which i believe he's russian not german but well, uh,
2: what is that the pretty much the majority of these actors were not actually german right like do think a thing? so
1: i think a lot of it, they were some of them were swedish some were russian um yeah, like a lot of them were not, honestly. And, I mean, Hans Gruber or uh, uh, Alan Rickman, I mean, he's English. Yeah, that's so true. So most of them are just, I mean, they just they just grabbed guys who were European. Yes, Cause, yes. Because um, in America, here's the thing, especially for all of our overseas listeners, the important thing to remember, um, Americans are dumb. And so <laughs> if you need anybody to be, like, foreign from just any other country, just put, like, kind of an English-type accent on them. And then we'll just believe that they're German. Just make
2: it a scary European oh. accent and we're fine.
1: Oh no, the Swedish terrorists are here. Speaks with English accents. <laughs> like and they're speaking English. Ooh,
0: Swedish. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Ooh. It's like, nope, all you gotta do is just put a little bit of some sort of slight European yep. accent. Doesn't even have to be distinguishable.
2: They're whatever you need them to be.
0: We don't like that here. No nope. means bad.
2: Oh bad guy. <laughs> Well, let's move on to scene three. So when he emerges from the ductwork, John tries to get the attention of Sergeant Al Powell, who has arrived at the scene. Gruber's men open fire on Powell's car as he reverses out the front circle, calling for backup. The LAPD arrives on the scene, but that appears to be part of Gruber's plan. He reaches out with a list of difficult demands. A SWAT team attempts to enter the building, but they're attacked by Gruber's men. So
1: I think it's just like they're going
2: through and he's,
1: Why are dispatchers always in these movies? Why are they just deemed as so like ignorant, like incompetent, not trusting? Yeah, I don't know. Another joke call coming through in L.A. (laughs) about shooting and something. You know what I mean? Like, how is
2: it? How is it always they're deemed as such? You see a lot of movies where they where the uh, they always portray the LAPD as very incompetent, right? Well.
0: Because I
2: well not know what I'm saying well. is like they they they, <laughs> they they push it that way, and it seems to always just be like an underlying theme of movies in the 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah, where they're just not good at their jobs. I mean, you and know.
1: I, I do hate that honestly. Like uh, sometimes it serves a story or whatnot, but then, like, w- like obviously we have uh, uh Gleason, Richard Gleason yep. is that his yep. name. Later on, we get him in here, and again, he's just. I wanna. I run the show and I do it my way, even though I totally am wrong. Like, yeah, it's it's an incompetence thing. Yeah, that that we're building off of.
0: I, I do love uh, Vel Johnson in this because like he does seem like the like he'll be the the comedic quip guy. Maybe like he's well, he's getting donuts or getting uh, Twinkies, Twinkies for his Twinkies. wife. Um, and then like once the body falls on his car. He just backs up, like, oh fuck, oh fuck, and it's like a comedic <laughs> thing, it's you know. Kind of, it, it is he, funny, but he like becomes more than that, which is really cool to see. Well, because he, he wouldn't like any other movie would just be like, no, he's the he's the comedy one. Like, he's he, a shitty cop
1: too, right? Like, I mean, well, he, he
2: did shoot a
1: thirteen-year-old boy. Well, yeah. well,
2: well, I mean, even just right <laughs> well, at this moment, and he goes in. He's there's a, this, they somebody said it, they, it's a code two or something like that, and that means like urgent distress call. At this location, verify that there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Or so approach made, with uh, it's approach, a, with, approach with no lights. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Like, use caution. We yeah. don't know what's going on there. Right. And he just goes inside. He's like, "Yeah, fuck it." Like yeah. he doesn't even try. That guy's right around the corner. Yep. He, I, he doesn't he see the escalators aren't working. I know. <laughs> <What the laughs> Dead giveaway. The, the Hello.
1: Here? <laughs> it's like okay. Can we just please? Could we just have? Could we have had that for any way, shape, or form? It's like well. Start to waste your time there. And that guy, he does a great job playing, Huey like uh, being a, yeah, Huey yeah. Lewis does a great job being a bad guy playing a good guy. Yes, he does. does. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, if you want to, hey, take a look. You mind if I have a look around? Yeah, no problem at all. And he's like, and he's like,
0: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> hope he doesn't notice the escalators. Yeah.
1: And then all I wanted, all I wanted was him to be like, well, sorry for wasting your time. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. And he's walking away. He's like, Unit Unit ninety one, back to dispatch.
2: <laughs> and it's the escalators are stopped. We, we need like, backup. We need backup like, right now.
1: Dispatch, please send backup right away. Escalators are stopped. SWAT to, <laughs> all SWAT members. <laughs> all SWAT members, right. anyone? All hands on deck. Like call like, everybody. How do we want? All man. police in the area. I do like the fact. Um, I think it's a you know I think it's a little distasteful um, when they they are sitting there and they're like, see if there's a black and white. That can go and do that and then it cuts to him. It's like, well, there's a black that can handle it. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> stop. Okay, we nah, didn't need I that. I didn't get that at all. Come on. I didn't get that Come at all. Come on. That's distasteful. <laughs> it's just bad movie making. <laughs>
2: you know. You know? You know. Well you know. <laughs> My God. What? <laughs> what just what just happened? No. <laughs> Why does I do have a question, though, just to to bring this back around? If I can stun Mike for a second, I'm good. (laughs) (sighs) Why does why does he is there any implication to John McClane using the name Roy? I don't not that I know of. I mean, Uh, like, why does he pick that name so you can call me Roy? I know he doesn't want to give his real name out. He does this whole thing with like uh, the cowboy thing. Okay, which
1: he says, like Roy Rogers. Yeah, Ah. he says uh, he's like, oh, John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, like all that, and he and he says I prefer Roy Rogers. Uh, Okay, is what he does. Okay, and and I like that was what I owe it. That's what I latched onto. That makes sense, and uh, I thought it was a cool a cool thing. Which, by the way, isn't this? Would you say this is kind of almost technically a western?
0: it could be i mean like you there's could, there's siege movies like yeah. uh, you know rio bravo and stuff like that, that Right. they're that kind of like this see, see, uh,
1: seizing the town like you know that kind of a thing mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, i there's some very western aspects to it because they make so many western references obviously you be yeah. hey, okay okay and I, I i was just wondering if it was a, if there was if that was a nod to like a subgenre of this being a,
0: I'm sure John McTiernan would like as a fan of those movies and was like, yeah, I want to do a western, but in L. A. and modern yeah. times, yeah, I'm sure,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, cool. What would your what would your fake name be if if you had to if you had to be John McClane and you had to give out a fake name real quick uh, for just one name,
0: Reynolds Rutabago. <laughs> yeah, every time. I mean, I. What what are you want from me? I don't know. No, no. I had it ready. To, I had ready you figured, to go. You that was, know, figure that out pretty quick. Can we move on? That was
1: yeah. That was okay. rock solid. Thanks. Um, mine would be Girth Brooks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be Tucker. 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 No, just Tucker. i are to be called Tucker? <laughs> Girth Brooks. Where are the bodies, Girth? Yeah. Where are they
0: at, Girth? <laughs> um, so. I love the the violence in this movie. Like the, all the bullet hits, like Dude. on people, look fucking amazing. I, John McTiernan is a great like capturer of squibs in movies, and I love that about his movies. Where they just they, like they just look so good. It looks so cinematic and fun, you know. Yeah, like uh, you know, Tarantino would do in Kill Bill, blood spraying everywhere. I just right, I, right. I love that in movies so much, and he does it so good. Yeah,
1: here. the like take it back to like Takagi. I think that's an uh, an amazing way to film a death like that yeah. from the outside, and then it just it hits that window. Um, I think it's all really well done. Anytime you do see somebody like taking a hit, like it it looks fantastic. Nothing,
2: nothing looks dumb in this. Like I being agree. what twenty five years later or whatever, it's like or thirty five years later, it's like everything looks great. Everything yeah. looks great. Nothing pulls you out of it. Nothing goes ah. it's yeah. an old movie. I forgot about that. You're
1: you're yeah you're you're right because. That those are things that I don't look for, but if it happens, then it hurts. It yeah. like Oh, hurts. yeah. You're not trying to find it, but yeah. when you
2: really see it, you're like, Jesus.
1: Yeah. Uh, like it, like a, like a bad um, head decapitation, or yes. like a, a foot stomp, or yes. something. It's like, okay, that was all rubber. But
2: the the one thing that blew me away on this rewatch was like truly how goofy, funny parts of this movie mm-hmm. were, and I I don't remember thinking that way in the past. Where there's all these just little things that you're like, why is that even in there? But it adds to it. Like, did you notice when the when the police show up, and and the guy runs past the bush and goes, yes. "Ow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. what what the Ow. fuck is Ow. that? Oh, jeez. oh, Jesus, it's like a is rose that bush. Bleeding? I've got to, I got to go back to the
1: infirmary,
2: <laughs> <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. Like, you don't need that. Even even Al Liang grabbing the candy yeah yes you don't need that the uh the william atherton tell me you got that um, eat your heart out channel five
0: i i I laugh so hard when he's in the studio yes he's
2: like give us a break thornburn eat it harvey eat it harvey that whole you don't need any of that newsroom stuff but yet you do when the hell the the guy doing the terrorist hostage book and he goes, uh, also yeah. known as the Helsinki symbol. Yeah. Helsinki being Helsinki, Sweden. There is like Finland. Finland, and he just goes, and he re- and he goes. And then resettles himself. <laughs> I, like you don't need any of that. But yeah. like it for me, it was one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Yeah. All these just little weird things that they added in it. Apparently, from
0: uh, the reading, it was like McTiernan injected a lot of that, or like wanted a really? lot of that to happen. It was like he just didn't want to have like this. He changed. He changed it from terrorists to like just uh, them being yeah robbers, pretty much. Um, he just he wanted the more like lighthearted aspect to it. Like he wanted to add in. Like he wanted to be fun. He yeah. didn't want it to be just like, it, I it guess really like is. Red for, hunt for Red October, which is like a serious situation. Oh God, you know? yeah. Obviously, this is a serious situation, but we're in on it being fictional and we're in on it. We want to have fun as well. Oh it's Ow. so good. I think that's what happened, Bill. I just rosebushed the rose thorns. Was, whatever, yeah. dude. We're, we're fucking trying to take down this building right now. <laughs> we really
1: need to trim these. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, unbelievable. And. and I think you. I think you have to have some of that to help balance out. It can't just be John McClane having all the funny little <laughs> moments and quips, it right? Can you, you, well, you can. <laughs> but I think it would become. It would become too much. It would feel like too much of it just being John McClane having, like, little funny things to say here and there. Hey, hey. It's like, yeah, pretty well, funny, yeah, Hans. Well, I guess we'll just have to find out, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, Hans, Hans, you're a fart. <laughs> Did you hear so, that? Germany, nah, not really much of a beer drinker. Nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, dude, like- dude. They even like, I don't know, I don't know if this is intentional, but even like uh, Al, Al and uh, John McLean on the radio. Yeah. So they talk like, they talk like three different times yeah. for very for like sixty seconds in a in a moment, right? They don't know each other. They're they're almost speaking in code a lot because they know the guys are listening. But then like the last time, Al's just like. I love you dude. Yes. So do all the other guys. It's yeah. like it's
0: like Wait, what We man? all we all love you out here, brother. Like none <laughs> of us know
1: anything about you. I just I just like imagine like it like kind of pans over then and there's like a bunch of cops behind him just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn. We love like, you, dude. We love you, man. We love you. Yeah, yeah. One guy's got 3D glasses on for no reason. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: We, we see in 3D, John. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I, like I, I, shoving right at me, man.
2: I, I don't buy that. Like I just think that's just funny. It's like yeah. over the top. Of course... That's not something they would say to him. Yeah, they don't even know if he's really a cop. Like they still are trying to figure this out.
1: So I, I I love that. I do love the bond that they kind of build over just being. You know, (laughs) really though, like, and especially near the end when like they come out and uh, it's like he just he just knows that's Al right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. now I can tell from the voice. (laughs) Yeah, just the way you kind of
0: sounded. (laughs) Just the twinkle in his eye of him looking at me, like he he loves me.
1: Yep, exactly. (laughs) I'm in in love with you. I'm in love with you. I really think he goes over. He he walks away from his wife that just endured this and needs to go have a moment with this man. (laughs) I love you. You're you're gonna come live with me now.
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> You're going to come live with I'll me, me care now, Al.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the 80s so much My god
0: <laughs> You're going to come live with me now, Al
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Al's living with John? Or, 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 or vice versa, one way or the other <laughs> I think John's living with Al Yeah, I think so Yeah,
0: You got a couch, Al? Yeah, yeah, am yeah, sure, yeah. dude oh, yeah. Pulls out, too <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I love, like, this movie could easily just get, like, really lost for me, but especially upon this watch around, like, I kind of took a, the story beats a little bit more seriously than I did with just watching it as an action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I watched it before of just, like, I want to see gunfights and explosions and shit, but this time around, I really got, like, what Hans was doing, what his plan was, yep. but then, like, all these other characters are are brought in, like, Thornburg, uh and like the reporter and then uh, gleason's brought in like he's his whole thing's going on it could easily get convoluted but i am never lost i i always know what's going on in this movie
2: it's still always no matter what it still focuses on on the main guys like Mm -hmm. that that is where our focus is but these other guys are just help filling in gaps a little bit like we don't have to worry too much about them we don't know much about them we don't care but they're there, yeah, and, it, and it's nice. It works, yeah. What's yeah.
1: What's the runtime on this? Like two hours and just two hours and something, twenty some minutes, something like that. It's it's, it's decently long. I just I didn't feel it. I almost, don't think you know, really like... feel it too often. I think there's maybe one one point or another that I I did. I felt like they were cutting back a lot, maybe to which of which this is maybe the most interesting fact. The reason why maybe I felt it was they were cutting back a lot to like <laughs> a lot of the hostage stuff. Yeah, that you're just like yeah, but like. I don't I don't want to hear any more about it. I want to know what John's doing in the background yeah where's all this. he at? yeah like t- show me
2: more about that well I think what they do is like we'll move on to scene four here like this is where they keep they keep putting in a scene to to fully like reengage you when they yeah. need to and mm-hmm. I think scene four really is the one for well, me. well I want to talk about the SWAT uh
0: them going in and yeah. like, uh, like you know I, Watching it this time around too, where it was like Hans knew this was gonna happen. He mm-hmm. had a plan, this is why he brought all this artillery, and I need to I need you to press that button for me real quick. The oh yeah, you want face. to. Huh? Oh, there it is. If we were on a train oh, to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Bro, it's it's definitely uh what's his name? Theo. It's Theo. Yep. I fucking hate him. Which one's Theo? He's, Theo's the like the hacker getting into the, the safe. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like it, all his like stupid like we got uh, another one coming down the line and oh there's an explosion there. It's like shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, I know he gets punched by Argyle, which I love, but I oh, want to punch yeah. him too. But yeah. you want to get in
1: on it? Yeah, to make sure, just to make sure he's out for the count. Yeah, is he,
2: that he, is that where you're going?
1: That was that was Theo for me for the most punchable. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I do think uh, I mean the the head of the the police head. It sucks. Gleason, yeah. Gleason sucks. Great. Atherton's care, like the the this, uh, assuming of the media of of their role in this whole yeah. thing, like, blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, maybe. and like going to find blowing it out of proportion, going to to like basically dig up who these people it's are. Gross. Yeah. It's fucking gross. So I think I'll I think I'll go just all the media in general. Okay. Just line them up in a room and go.
0: Hell yeah, I'm down.
2: Or maybe like. Fart like like fart in the room and then yeah. shut the door up. You them close it yeah, yeah. and make
1: sure there's no
0: air that yes. escapes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's
2: maybe what I would do. Yeah. Most fartable room. <laughs> most, fartable room <laughs> most fartable room group. Most fartable room group. Most fartable
0: group of people in one room. Damn
1: <laughs> damn. Okay. That's most
2: terrible. Oh no. Where's oh. the
0: door? Who farted? I don't think
2: this is gonna make sense. I'm here on
0: business. <laughs> Who
1: farted? <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> and bringing up the rear,
2: hoof hearted. <laughs> Classic. We all love love it. that joke. <laughs> oh good lord! All right, we going on scene four here. Right, we have to. <laughs> we have to. So media and the FBI have now arrived on the scene. Harry Ellis is killed after attempting to, to negotiate with Gruber. McLean and Gruber, it's so hard to say, have a chance encounter on the roof where McLean is able to outsmart him and escape again. The FBI agents shut off the power to the building, which allows Gruber to access the vault. I this is this is my favorite moment of the movie, this this encounter of yeah. Hans and McLean. Yep and i and i I loved it as a child, but man, when you really analyze this scene with a modern eye it's 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 pure magic it's pretty, pretty amazingly done. It is man,
1: like well, you have to also the important thing, just first and foremost into this scene, this was the first time that they let them meet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I believe that they shot and this and unrehearsed too and, unre- I mean, and they did it in an un- they it was ad-libbed it was or sorry just just unrehearsed yes unrehearsed they, did not they knew what them, they were supposed to say right they yeah. did not let them exchange their lines before they shot this and you can tell it certainly adds to this tension of this yeah. scene yeah. it's very
0: good neither of them in real life know what you know what's What's gonna be the reaction of the other? You know, right. they might know their line,
2: but they don't know how they're gonna. Do they don't it. know
0: how they're gonna deliver, or like, what's the motive? What's the motive? You know, like, I, I assume you perform and you rehearse and you like get this motion to where it's what if like you did this, where and it's I... like second nature almost. Yeah. Well, this is not second nature; it's it's just happening right then and there. Right, and to happen this early in the movie, man, like, I, I think it was Joel Silver, Joel Silver, <laughs> yeah. who like just wanted was one of his notes was just to be like, I want them to meet. Somewhere in the in the uh, begin or like end of the second act, really, which is like really unheard of because yeah, yeah. Of all, obviously sometimes
2: they never meet.
0: It's true, you know. I mean, uh, right? That's yeah. a good point. A lot of times where it's just at the end, there's the big showdown, which there is. We do get that, but to have it here too, to have them meet face to face, is just kind of unprecedented, and it makes this stand out so much because it, of their performance. It's
2: just the two smartest people in this movie, like having an outsmarting contest. Like right. for for Hans Gruber to Come up with the idea of pretending like he's an escaped escape's hostage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking genius. Like I remember going, oh, what's he gonna do? And then as he pretended to be a hostage, I went, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and okay. then and then for for uh, John McClane to to sniff that out, mm-hmm. to use the trick of. I do have a question for you. How did how did Gruber know to use the name Bill Clay? And uh, maybe he just did his is research. He just that smart. <laughs> he did so much of his research and
0: got new like the the. Uh- Rolodex of people who worked there. He just knew or yeah. maybe
2: he had had a, a an off-camera moment like finding out who the, maybe he saw a name on a on a wall like on yeah, a door like, or like something John, like that because he of, can't see the line. I mean it's clear in this scene he cannot see that right. that Rolodex on the that wall. That board thing. He's yeah. got his back to that. Right. Which McLean is using to be like, "Yeah, what's your name?" Dude. so smart. And, Unbelievable. And and
1: and so here and then here's the added touch to this, right? Is he was smart enough. Gruber was smart enough to say Clay, Bill Clay. And you look up at that board, and it's Wm Clay, William. William Clay. Yeah. He said, and so he takes it an extra step to say Bill. Yeah, Bill. sure. Like yeah. Clay. this is another. It's just another Clye. Clay, 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 Bill, Bill Clye.
2: Clay. <laughs> 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 it's the last time. Um, it's the um, last <laughs>
1: Claire, Claire. Sorry. <laughs> But he's also, and it's also, you know, a, like you say, it's an outwitting process. I think the more interesting thing is, did he, did, did McLean buy it to a degree, but not trust
2: it? Like, was he, te- yeah, did he, did he say, okay, you passed that test, I, but now I'm going to give you another test? Yeah. Right. Here's test number two. I think you're exactly
0: right. I okay. think, I, I think he wasn't going to try, try and pull any punches with anybody, you know, especially this well-dressed guy i mean yeah. i know it's like an office building yeah. and shit but like you know he's fought how many of these guys so far uh, he's the only clean one three, you know four, five
2: yeah um
0: i don't know there's something to that but i think you're right where it is like he passed one test he's right like, let's, gonna, let's do another i'm gonna test give here. him another test and
2: see what happens yeah some people say that he he hears the accent and he's like yeah what is that yeah. uh, but uh, did you hear the the cigarette theory uh-uh dude this one's my favorite so the Most people will th- will theorize that John McClain knew that Hans was not an employee of this company by how he smoked. Um, oh. For two reasons. One, Hans, this is a very European style of smoking a cigarette. You're holding it between your thumb and your first finger mm-hmm. like this, where... John mclean has got the Ameri- the cool american style between right. between the first and the second finger. Uh, okay. So one that was one tip off to see that he was smoking it in a european way. He knows these guys are all european. Yeah. But the other one being the cigarettes that he that he took were french brand cigarettes called Galluises or something okay. which were very famous for being unbelievably harsh tasting. The first time you would ever smoke one of those you'd be like, "What the f- what is this?" where the American palace is not ready for that. Yeah. And that this guy takes it and just smokes it. Oh, mm. oh, wow. you know, So, so that, that is a theory that that happened. I also, love that. also there's a deleted scene apparently where all the terrorists have like the same watch. Oh, yeah. And that he sees that same watch on Correct. Gruber. Oh, okay. So so there's like a lot of reasons he could have figured this out, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of subtle yes. stuff,
0: which is really, I mean, it's it's just so Genius. good. It is like, if that's written or just kind of come up with, you know, maybe on the spot yeah. Yeah. or whatever, it's just so cool. Because you you yourself are figuring it out, too. You're, it, like yeah. it it's not telling you. He goes, oh, shit, he passed it. He knew the name. Yeah. This is crazy oh, man, no bullets, oh, you know, that yeah. kind of, Well, I, there's the aspect, too, of it being like the Hitchcock thing where the, yeah. the bomb's are under the table. We know Hans is a bad guy, but, you know, yep. we, but uh, he maybe doesn't. McLean doesn't know that that is Hans specifically. You know, he he's he's uh, uh, suspicious that it might be a bad guy, yeah. but it's actually the guy.
1: And it's kind of a great play on that, too, that bomb under the table, because he's handing him the gun, a.k.a. the
2: bomb, to
1: the what are you gonna to do? the other person who we know is the bad guy. Oof. That's a really great little like kind of play on that. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Half of me wishes if they could have rewrote this movie that this would have gone on longer. Yeah. Like I wish he wouldn't have given him the gun. And he was like, "Come with me. We're gonna go do some missions." <laughs> and like the next thirty minutes would have been him yeah. still pretending like he was Bill Clay and being like, "Yeah." And maybe they like got to know each other yeah. a little bit and became friends. He's like, "You know what? Actually, you're not such a bad guy, dude." I have something to tell you, <laughs> John. Uh, hey John. Listen, I'm actually
0: I'm actually not Bill Clay. Yeah, I'm Hans Gruber. I'm Hans. I
1: knew it. Now, but no, before, knew before you overreact, you, listen. you break
0: like- my heart. You break my heart.
1: My heart. I like I like to think that they go on like their little missions and they kind of keep keep cruising on through and they come across another bad guy and (laughs) (laughs) and he's like, what the heck? Who's this? Who? What are you doing here? And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) kills he kills the bad guy and he's just like, sorry, I had to. Sorry, sorry, man. Let's get back to it, John. Yeah. okay, Okay. He's like, hey, you're not such a bad guy there, Bill.
2: I love this idea. Oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, man. Hans just has <laughs> to commit to the
1: bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say one more thing. Um, I'll take it back because I, I want to take it back to his stage acting career and how it really shines through in this. Very kind of over the top, overreacting, very very big expressions from Alan Rickman in this. Um and uh, and then it kind of goes back and it kind of it kind of comes back to that subtlety of him being Bill Clay. Yeah. You know, him him being William Clay, Bill Clay and playing this up and yeah, I smoke it's like and he comes up with these little things on the fly and uh apparently too when he jumps off that little ledge, he hurt his leg. Like mm. he he like oh, messed really? up some cartilage like in his knee or something like that. And that whole time like from there on out, you can see he's like leaning against something. Oh really? And he mm. like he has like a brace on Yikes. in these, but they don't show it. And uh, like under his pants, under his wardrobe. And he hurt his knee doing this. Ouch. And, so yeah. they were like, and he just kind of worked right through it when they're sitting there kind of going back yeah. and forth. So it's pretty great. Hans, um, Bubby, Bubby, <laughs> I'm
0: your white knight. <laughs> God damn, What a fucking slimy bastard that yeah, dude is.
1: I negotiate million dollar deals for breakfast. All right. I think I can handle this. It's like you are the worst. He is. Uh,
0: I just I love that. Bubby. Line. I don't Bubby?
1: think I don't think it was written either. I think he came up with that. Oh, on that's the fantastic. Spot. He's like, yeah, my 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 shitty character would say Bubby. He definitely would. Hans
2: <laughs> Bubby, Bubby.
1: I'm, I'm your white, white
2: knight. What do you think about? uh I'll tell you what. Robert Davy being an FBI agent. Works. Johnson and Johnson. That works for me so hard. Yeah, I don't know why. I love it. Big Johnson. Big Johnson, little Johnson. And then Johnson. the other guy's little Johnson. Yeah. I love
0: when he gets on the radio. He's like, hey, this is Johnson. No, the other one. <laughs> I know. See? That's
1: exactly what it was. Yes. Oh my god. He's he's a great FBI agent. So this. good. Is this is this another never mind. I'm not gonna do it. You guys were you guys were Farnable turned off. Room? Well no, you guys were turned off by my last uh yeah. my last oh, idea. Oh do so. it, do it. I was just gonna say I, mean, I like it, him. Is this? <laughs>
2: I was caught off guard.
1: I was just caught off guard. I, maybe I really appreciate it. I don't know. I don't know yet. I'll listen back. Johnson and Johnson, it's it's another black and white coming onto the scene. Yeah. True. So there you
0: go.
2: True. Yeah, it's, but great. It's the 80s. We're allowed to say 80s. that. It's the 80s, yeah. I mean, John McClane
0: and Al are like the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. exactly. Hey, Mighty Ducks had an Oreo line. There you go. I just want to throw That's that true. out there. That's true. That's true. 100% they did. I just did. want to throw that out there. Sell. Scene five, my friends. <laughs> Arriving in helicopters for an ambush Gruber outsmarts them, blows the rooftop up. McLean's fast thinking saves the hostages. Gruber discovers that Holly is McLean's wife and uses her as bait. McLean successfully defeats Gruber, and the hostages are saved. I do like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> is it I Die Hard? McLean. Oh, Gruber. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> it's okay. Just take I, a breath. I okay. I'm good. You guys AJ talk. Well, talk. You got. AJ, I got go you. Ahead,
1: I got you. Yeah. Uh, no. I. I really like, again, there's a lot of great subtleties and great lineups for how this story gets to progress. And we talked about it with him being barefoot, shooting out the glass, oh, yeah. you know, and that, again, takes you down another peg of this like vulnerability. And then you also have the, but the, uh, the other subtlety I like is when in the beginning when she sets
2: that picture frame down yeah yeah. you
1: know and and they give that nod back like her looking back at that frame like i hope they don't pick that thing. it's almost
2: like why she went into the office to just make sure it was still down almost yeah yeah. sure yeah yeah and it's uh, just an excuse like yeah the pregnant lady uh i gotta talk to you yeah and And we gotta pee and poop some of us have to poop using her
1: using her last name her her maiden name essentially yeah so that way there wasn't a connection to be made so so easily um. Yeah, I just think I think that that's that's covering your tracks really well as a writing yes. Yeah. staff. Yes,
0: it's really, really smart writing.
1: You know, I, I think that that's a really good way of of making sure, like, you can't have people coming out and be like, well, actually, <laughs> Hans Gerber was so smart and knew everybody at that party. He would have known that, that there was a McLean there, and that would have been his wife or the guy who's named John McLean.
0: So, actually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually.
0: Well, too, like (laughs) speaking of more subtleties, especially speaking of Alan Rickman, too. um, His, like, when, especially, like, I think Ellis wants to talk to him. He's like on the phone with somebody or on the walkie talkie with somebody else. And uh, the guy brings Ellis in. And uh, he's like, hey, I, I have an offer. That you can't refuse, pretty much. And, and he looks, or the henchman looks at Hans, like, should I kill like, him? Should I just pull this <laughs> guy now? <laughs> Please, but then, just, like, can I do but it's, it? it's not said. He just looks at him, and then Hans is like, T-. you know, just like the little <laughs> subtles like that. Yep, like, it, you know, that he's so much in control of this. Like, even just a look is like, I don't want him killed yet. Maybe not I'll do yet.
2: It. Let's hear what he has yeah. to say. And
1: there, there again, he's, he's just like, you might as well just let this play out. Yeah. He's like, Hans probably knows this is going to end one way. Regardless of how everything really transpires, have you
2: have you heard some of the thoughts about what they think the actual plan was here? That okay, so their getaway driver is that ambulance, Mm -hmm. right? How they're not going to fit thirteen people in this ambulance (laughs) with all of the stuff they're stealing, yeah? And and they don't they don't the henchmen don't know that, and they're not assuming that John McClane's going to be on the scene killing people. They think all of them are going to make it out of this in that ambulance. So a lot of people thought that the rooftop explosion Mm. that he was actually going to detonate. that maybe only two or three of the guys knew about the explosives up there that he was going to blow up all the hostages and the helicopters and seven to eight men right so that now they can all fit in the ambulance and while they're sorting it out they're finding all these extra bodies and they're like oh shit that something must have happened maybe the helicopter crashed and the roof blew up or something yeah. you know? right that was at least going to buy him time to get out
1: mm. right because he does say that line that you know you steal 600 dollars like no one notices but if you steal 600 million they're going to find you eventually unless they think you're already dead yeah so they had to account for bodies yes. to be in there I, is, is there any point where they where they try to like differentiate how or 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 throw the police off of how many terrorists are i don't there think is? they
2: ever know and they they were never told how many were it's just there. john okay. mcclain talking to Al yes. and like
0: i got like i got like three more in in that gunfire exchange you know yeah and then he's just like okay he's, well, I he's ruining there, the i think there might be like five more or something. so
1: like that. so realistically i mean who who would have who, who would have made it out it would have been hans probably theo hans theo and and, and like, the, like the two brothers yeah two, think. the
2: two brothers who like did the detonation yep. and rigged it earlier yeah, yeah. I mean, so because 13, yeah, you think. It's like a Joker style plot here in Batman where y- like he yeah. knows exactly who's going to be doing what so that the other one doesn't know this. Yeah. He's smart. I mean, he knows exactly what's going on. on this. That's
1: that's uh, that's really interesting because, yeah, he, he really sets this up to to appear as if it is a a terrorist negotiation. Yes. And instead they are they are just simply after a robbery. Yeah. And that's that is pretty interesting.
0: I love too like where he's he's adamant about like personally when he's talking to like personal people face to face. Hans is adamant about like when Holly's like, Oh you guys are just two bit thieves, like I'm an exceptional thief. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love yeah. that. Like he's not a terrorist. Like yeah. especially not a terrorist. I am a, thief. I, I am a thief and a good one. Yes. Yeah. Love that.
1: I just feel like at any given point in time, he'd just be like, however. <laughs> How Mr. Potter. <laughs> Potter. John McClain. John McClain. John
0: McClain.
1: <laughs> Easy does it, cowboy.
2: Did, <laughs> did you hear about uh, Rickman's fall too? Like what happened on that? Yeah. Dude, that's like one of my favorite things in the world. So they he actually did fall. Like they had him suspended and he fell onto like a mattress or something like yeah. that. But supposedly they they rehearsed it and they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna count one, two, three, and then we're going to release it so that you know when you're falling and you can pretend like you're falling. They fucking released they went one and released it. And he went and like that was his natural reaction that you're seeing on his face. And it was his last take of the movie. It's awesome. So they literally literally like fucked him up and they're like, okay, see ya.
0: All right, you're off. Okay, I am fucking leaving. Watch yeah. his face next guys. time you
2: relook at it. That is pure terror that is like genuine. i didn't realize i was going to be falling now terror yeah it's awesome yeah
1: uh, and, and also pretty shitty but uh, yeah <laughs> do you, how do you know how high up he was maybe was i, I like think a... i saw
2: a video of it and it was maybe like caught 10 feet okay or something like that i mean it's still kind of
0: a that's a, it's enough to
2: make you nervous yes yeah for sure it, especially if you're not ready yeah yeah. You know,
0: yeah you're expecting you get rhythm you know expecting yeah. that rhythm okay. and like yeah. it just gets you thrown off yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I I mean this whole climax is fucking fantastic. Like we didn't talk about much of like what John has been going through because it's it's you know him getting his feet cut up with the yep. glass and Very everything apparent. and then like him jumping off the building with the fire hose and then the fire hose dragging him down. It's just there's so much tension um and then yeah, I mean like it's the one of the, my favorite shot of him is just that that fake out. Of, oh God! That, you know, taped sh- up gun shoots uh Hans Gruber yeah, and, uh, and then shoots the other shoots Huey Lewis in the head. Mm-hmm. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. so good. But then like you know you get the whole that's the power of guns. Power of guns. <laughs> yeah, NRA. All, All right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love how this movie wraps up, dude. Like and then goes outside and meets Al. It's it's great it, yeah
1: it's 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 done very well to just make sure that if you if you made it up to this point you're going to be happy that you did because the amount of tension that he goes through not only that but also being shot at by the fbi you know him firing the gun so the yeah uh, the the hostage was yeah, listened to him he almost
2: killed fbi agents i, I know and
1: <laughs> like i i think it's a I think it's a really, really. I mean, the amount of tension it lasts for a solid ten minutes. It does probably. not let you down. It the, doesn't. No. Sometimes
2: these movies will get to this point. You're, like, yeah, okay. They they're trying to wrap it up. They whatever. yeah.
1: They yeah. really save a lot of great moments yeah. and shots. And like I say, they're one after the other. That jump with the fire hose <laughs> is an iconic scene with him and that machine gun. Like he's just out the window. I've got to say, guys, they need to figure out a different glass company (laughs) this this plate glass is not doing it for this building it's too easy to break through these windows Mm -hmm. it's way too easy these should be bulletproof especially if they got that kind of stuff hidden in their vaults i mean look, yeah i know that there was a bullet hole in the one when like afterwards and he's got that you know season's greeting tape that's an awesome that's an awesome thing you can't one two (laughs) fine Fine, Mike, I'll, I'll I keep you, my John McClane. What you were going for. But he pulls that, and he's like, yippee be motherfucker. Like, that kind of thing. And he caps them both. One goes through the window, but then it's just like, he just falls against it.
0: <laughs> that is not a sturdy window, so guys. You, you want to get, like, maybe one inch,
1: three-quarter thick glass. Yeah, You're yeah. 30 stories up, and this is what you've got holding people in? I don't...
2: No. It's still glass. under construction. Maybe they weren't done. Yeah.
1: That's uh, well true. I'm just That's saying. True. Maybe oh, that was yeah. just the first layer. Oh yeah. They didn't temper the plate glass. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Paint yeah. on another layer of glass. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. Because
2: this movie can do no wrong. That's
1: absolutely right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I love how the movie wraps up. It's an adrenaline ride right to the end. And even when they you think all is all is well, you get big German guy coming back out for one last soiree.
0: Which, I'll be honest, I don't really even need that, but it's whatever. But, and I don't think we need it,
1: but I think, I think Al needed it. Do you think so? Because he needed to be able to use his weapon the right way. That was, I think that was kind of maybe the
2: tie-in. That's what I, that's what I thought of. Well, tell me, please tell me you've heard the mind-blowing theory that Ghostbusters... Die Hard, and Family Matters are all connected. Here we go. But have you heard this? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) This might be one of the most fantastic theories I've ever heard. It goes as such. In 1984, Al Powell is a rookie cop in New York. He's working in a prison. One day he's tasked with escorting four scientists known as the Ghostbusters to the mayor's office. He overhears what Egon and the other Ghostbusters are explaining about paranormal activity, being a nice, talkative young man. He keeps asking questions. He eventually gets the Twinkie explanation from Egon. He was also there to witness Gozer, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the near destruction of all life on Earth. Al is now certain of an unpleasant afterlife, demons, alternate dimensions. As life in New York City attempts to go back to normal, he remains on edge and can't stop thinking about what he witnessed. Unable to think clearly, he accidentally shoots a 13-year-old boy because they thought the kid had a real gun. The shooting was investigated. He was found to have not done anything wrong, but it was time for a change of scenery. He transfers to L.A. where he's forced to work a desk job while his work probation runs its course. We see him in Die Hard buying Twinkies. His knowledge of Twinkie ingredients and willingness to tell John McClane about it shows his obsession with the food since leaving New York. And Egon's explanation won't leave his brain. He's still not in a good place mentally. Recalling the events of the world almost ending his inadvertent murder of a 13-year-old boy, we start to see the cracks forming in his reality. He admits to the store clerk that Twinkies are for his pregnant wife. But this is just a made-up lie to himself to appear normal because he's not an everyday guy. There's not a wedding ring on his finger. He's lying about this. He's beginning to build up an alternate reality in his mind because he tells John McClane the same thing. He even starts to hang on to the hope of forming a quick friendship with John. Maybe this is the guy that can finally be his friend, bring new purpose to his life. Unfortunately, the events that night at Nakatomi Plaza force Al into murdering again in the line of duty after almost being killed by terrorists. He held on to the thread of hope that he would be honored by the police force for his efforts and John would remain and become his best friend, but neither happens. John moves on with his life and the police chief takes all the credit for saving the day. This nightmare is at its peak for Al Paul and he's admitted to a mental institution where he completely breaks down. To escape the pain, he creates an alternate reality in his head (laughs) where he becomes Carl Winslow, a family man in Chicago as far away from the coast as possible, He's still a cop, but his duties never interfere with a solid, loving home life. He has a wife, three kids, a sister-in-law, a mother all surrounding him, giving him support whenever and for whatever he needs. He's a family man dealing with family matters, not a man being attacked by terrorists or spirits of the undead. He is safe. He is happy. However, the guilt of his real life is manifesting itself and bubbling underneath until it finally pushes its way into Al's dream world. A 13-year-old boy named Steve Urkel... (laughs) Oh, my. The very same boy that Al killed accidentally back in New oh, York. Oh, no. <laughs> With nothing to offer but being obnoxious, interrupting Al's peaceful dream exists as Steve haunts him like an angry spirit causing frustration. Carl's powerless. As each horrible torture befalls Carl and his family, his tormentor cries, did I do that? <laughs> only to serve and mock <laughs> Carl even more because Carl did do that. <laughs> he killed the boy. The harder Carl tries to suppress his guilt, the worse it becomes. It becomes so unbearable that his peaceful life turns into a horror flick, eventually giving him a heart attack and having his family disappear one by one. This all happens in Family Matters. Carl's Winslow dream reality crumbles, leaving Al Powell alone in a straight jacket and padded room until he dies. Okay. And that, I do not Uh. take credit for that. That was on someone on, like, Cracked, like, put that together. And I've seen a few tiktoks that have that have ventured into that world but like i don't know what that is but that like kind of gives me goosebumps
0: i love that um i don't care who's gonna comment on this fucking tiktok (laughs) uh that is for real that is that is canon and that is is, uh what's happening that's for sure because in
2: ghostbusters he's an unnamed officer by the way so we can easily say that his name is al paul easy that's very yeah that is
0: that is the one of the best fan theories i've ever heard in my entire life like
2: and it's detailed i love it's amazing that. it is detailed thank you did i, just I wanted do to play, that because you indeed did because you that. did indeed do that 13 year old boy was steve urkel Dude, that was wow. the one I, I, I knew we were headed <laughs> i didn't know
0: that that was going to come back i it was an adventure wow. my,
2: my first trip on that when i heard someone explain i was like this is cool uh, yeah i'm not buying i love this <laughs> oh my <laughs> this roller coaster ride <laughs> well boys after that do we got anything else to say about time absolutely call it there all right we've dissected it with a modern eye we now need to give it a modern day rating we're gonna go to sean on this one sean modern day rating what do you think about this movie
0: uh i think this is just one of the best action movies of all time i i am in the camp of i think it's one of the best christmas movies of all time I heard someone out there say it's it's not a Christmas movie because it's on Christmas Eve. I'm like, well, Jingle that Jingle All no the sense. Way is on Christmas Eve, and that's that's a Christmas movie. I, I hate that argument. It's yeah. so stupid. Um, I I don't see the argument of it not being a Christmas movie. I, whatever, we're not going to talk about that. But it's it's one of the best action movies of all time. It's one of the best casted movies of all time. Like casting uh, Bruce Willis in this role of John McClane was a risk, and it fucking paid off uh alan rickman is amazing in it rick to is amazing in it um, for five seconds I, I love the direction the script is so goddamn smart and for john McTiernan to take this material and translate it to the screen for us to see and figure out is an amazing feat this movie is a 9.6 for
2: me i, oh, I love it it's or 9.6 aj what about you man i really do think
1: that this does stack up as one of the best action movies of all time yeah. i think it's what adds to that is the reasons, the reasons as to why it maybe shouldn't be, and because they buck a lot of the norms and a lot of the tropes of I think what a lot of action movies were up to this point. Um, so, that being said, I I, I love John McClane. I, I I I've come around in the idea that yes, I do believe it is a Christmas movie. Um, and I think the reason I I didn't want to be a part of that is because of the damn debate. Yeah, you know it's, it's worse honestly, than. It, yeah, it's just like I I hate that it is kind of a debate, or or that that is the fact that people will like live and die on the hill that it is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> 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 <And> like, like. <laughs> But it's like, it's not the greatest Christmas movie of all time, guys. I'm sorry, it's not. But it is a great Christmas movie. You are correct. But I, bu- I believe it's an action movie first. I, I do think it's up there with-, with a lot of the action that we've, we've put together. I think I'm going to give this a- an 8.95. 8.95 yeah.
2: for age. I, I am I'm still a believer of what I-, what I said in the past about this. Like, I'm, I'm not going to watch this at Christmas Because it is way more of an action movie for me than it is anything else. But I will admit, being able to watch this 20 years later, there is a lot more Christmas stuff about it than I remember it. Mm -hmm. And and if that is your thing, you should do it 100%. I'm rating this as a movie, not a Christmas movie. And for me, it's it's one of the best movies we've done. Uh, I fucking love it. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.2 on my list. We got executive producer Starling. Gentlemen, I am currently excited and nervous to tell you that I am writing this review from the very own Fox Plaza, a.k.a. the Nakatomi Plaza, a.k.a. the real star of this movie. I am basically Hans Gruber right now as I have (laughs) snuck in past the guards. Please know that I only did this for Confused Breakfast Street cred because I'm about as comfortable with rule breaking as Cam from Ferris Bueller. (laughs) But I am channeling John McClane today, boys, and it is exhilarating. As for the movie, having watched it again, I'm realizing my first watch offered no basis for proper judgment. Was I on the phone the whole time? I noticed so much more going on this cl- in this classic this time, excluding the gratuitous naked breasts, sex in the office, and blatant cocaine use. I wouldn't have guessed this movie was from
1: 1988. It's a light Christmas. <laughs> we have a guy <laughs> with special
2: training trying to save a family member. I was expecting an office building version of Commando. There's a lot of extra details. Sometimes it works offering contest, context and Details just to make it more interesting. This doesn't just take place in an office building, it's a Japanese based company's office building on Christmas Eve. John came to LA to go to this party, but he's a complete fish out of water with an ambiguous relationship status with his wife. Hans isn't just a bad guy robbing a vault, he's leading a pack of East German robbers who are pretending to be terrorists. These details genuinely add suspense because there's an inkling when watching that these details must be crucial to the story when many of them are not. Sometimes the extra details are fun but add nothing and go nowhere. The flight attendant basically eye-bangs John. Why? (laughs) I mean, hey, it's Bruce Willis, but it's absolutely irrelevant and goes nowhere. A girl jumps into a guy's arms at baggage claim, and John grunts, ah, California, we get it, you're from New York, why does this matter? (laughs) We don't need the entire security guard scene to make the point that the only party guests are left in the building. There's a machine gun shootout toward the end of this movie that lasts for two solid minutes with a lot of pauses, not much payout. And don't get me started on the poor, oblivious, but lovable Argyle. He's just chilling in the garage to add even more time to this movie. While there's a lot of minutia and extra scenes to add action, we have the absolute meth between John and his wife, you, which is very true. You know how you know a dude wrote this? Holly's the only female character in this movie. She's a director of corporate affairs, and they have her faxing her own documents on Christmas Eve. She's a bit of a stiff and dry, and I got the feeling we're supposed to resent her a little more for moving west for her career leaving John behind this movie came out the same year as working girl and looking at the contrast in female executives in these movies Melody Griffiths is is battling the cunning and stunning Sigourney Weaver for her own future which with way more fervor than poor Holly she's stuck in Die Hard trying to desperately inject some faint hit of personality while not stealing John's limelight You probably want to punch Ellis in the face, but to his credit, he didn't give up Holly to save his own ass. Sure, he was loud and a bit obnoxious, but don't forget, he was also high on 80s corporate coke. That's how you act. (laughs) Midway through, I noticed that John creates chaos that can only be solved with more chaos. A solution to a problem is to make bigger problems. He decides not to shoot the first guy who comes up and instead puts him in the headlock and wrestles him. He has no cuffs or way to subdue him. How is this supposed to end? What's the point of sending the dead body down with a note to antagonize everyone if you aren't prepared to lure everyone up to a series of Home Alone-type booby traps? You have no idea if they're going to send one or four or 14 men up there. He's a police officer, but he's a complete dick to the other cops. Shouldn't he know how to rally support, or is this supposed to be some LAPD versus NYPD nonsense? I wouldn't say that I could feel McLean's drive here was to save Holly. It's not a heartfelt journey. It felt more like he's a cop. They're robbers. The only thing to do, stop the robbers. This movie is built to keep the action going. I can see the intention with so many details. I'm still trying to process the magnetic vault. We lazily introduce two FBI agents just to put them in a helicopter and kill them. But does it need to be two and a half hours long? Um, the story could be edited down, but I can't argue that it wasn't entertaining. Is this a Christmas movie? All this takes place on Christmas Eve with a guy who has a wife in name only. I, re- I mean, what we what do we really know about Mrs. Claus or Holly? Like Santa, John has a catchphrase, but in ten, instead of ho, 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 it's yippee kaye. yay He uses his skills to sneak through a building unnoticed and trying to separate the naughty from the nice. Mm -hmm. He has a helper who offers nothing physically to get the job done. He's alone out there, but he does have a sweet ride waiting for him. There may, there may not be snow, there may not be presents, but there's explosive bright lights and red splattered everywhere. Seems like motherfucking Christmas to me. I did enjoy this movie and appreciated watching it again. I may add it to my holiday rotation, but if I don't see it again, I'm fine. 6.5 from Starling. Wow. God. I would like to add a small note. A few, a few years back on Christmas Eve, I saw Alan Rickman at one of my favorite bars. At the time, it was like, oh, damn, it's Professor Snape. Now, I appreciate that. I got to see old Hans Gruber on Christmas Eve having a drink before he went to go blow shit up fuck yeah Yeah, r.i.p sir absolutely so friends uh some high ones some low ones we are in 8.31 on our modern day rating list which is going to take us into number 24 spot that is interestingly enough right below lethal weapon and right above jurassic park okay is how we feel about that
0: above jurassic park yeah nice okay just want to throw that out there.
2: So we are happy you joined us, everybody. We're hoping you're having a great holiday season. Uh, tune in next week, our final holiday movie. We are doing Jingle All the Way. You bet. Followed by RoboCop. It is finally you happening. You bet. Yeah. And if you're new to the podcast, go back this time uh, last year, Just Friends. That is a fun, there you go. fun holiday episode that uh, is a movie you should be watching this Absolutely season.
1: Absolutely, you should. Absolutely, you should be watching that, and you should be listening to uh, the Confused Breakfast all the way back in the catalog make sure you guys are leaving us a five star review we really appreciate that five stars um, when you're writing your review we really appreciate that too we love to the opportunity to get to read your reviews uh, make sure you check us out on social media at Confused Breakfast just search for Confused Breakfast on social media guys and by all means we're here on YouTube okay YouTube is the best place to consume us go to YouTube check us out there
0: I'm gonna piss out of my eyes oh my god <laughs> Go to Let me breakfast. talk longer. Com. I'm going to see if I can rag this out. Go to confusedbreakfast.com and get some merch. You can get some buttons there right there or some shirts right there. You can go to Not Your Father's Beer shirts on Instagram and get some official Steve Coozers. We all got them. We all <laughs> love them. Um, you can go to the same damn website and see the ratings we've done. Um, what's going on? <laughs> we're just we're slapping. Just oh, okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> You can go to confusedbreakfast.com and see the ratings we've done, see Mike's, AJ's and mine, and then the show's overall.
2: See ya. Hey, wait, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. The show's not done. Show Merry not Christmas. Christmas. We are on the Cloud 10 <laughs> network, also part of iHeart Podcast, which is iHeart Radio. You should check us out. Learn more there at cloud10.fm. Yeah. And, you know, big ups to the Upload Media Group. We love those yeah, guys. They are good people. They, are. they produce this show. We got Craig oh, on yeah. the controls.
0: Oh, you Craig's really good. I don't feel
2: like believe. I feel like there's something like, oh, I didn't say... Um, Did I support our sponsors i think i said patreon.com slash confused breakfast i think i said waterfalls waterfalls feels like waterfalls like a rock sean go ahead that's it we're done go see you i love you
1: merry christmas craig is like the the dam that holds in all the water to this show
0: (laughs) (laughs) seeking the truth never gets old